All right, welcome. This is Friday night. It's Orion Rising. I am your host, Leonard O'Neill. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, or good morrow, depending on where in the world you are tuning into the show. Share this out, share this out, share this out. Shaved off my beard and mustache today. Right, I got my glasses off for right now in case I start having to read everything that's going on here. I'll put them back on right now. I seem to be doing okay without them, so we'll find out what happens in the chat. Okay, so my YouTube channel got uh, deplatformed and deleted from YouTube. I have my other channels, but it takes 24 hours for approval. I didn't wear, I wasn't aware of that, so we're live today on Orion Rising on Facebook and my personal Facebook page. Please share this out. Next week, we will be uh, on my other channel uh, on YouTube. So my archives that has over 500 shows is now gone. <clears throat> And the reason that happened, check this out. So all the craziness that was happening to me, if you caught the show on Wednesday or talked to me at all between, uh, you know, this week, know what's going on. But if not, I'm going to cover that uh, for those of you, uh, you know, everybody I disappeared off of YouTube. Hopefully those people will find me uh, and then we'll put the link up to my new YouTube channel. I don't have that right now because I didn't log into YouTube. Uh, I just gave it authorization. So I'll do that later. Uh, and then we'll get that up there. And that's where the show will start going live. I have another channel. So if they delete that one, I still have another one to fall back on. Okay. The reason that got deleted is um, I was the, the entire time that I was gone. Tony, welcome. Uh, Allison, welcome. Denise, welcome. Like I said, share this out. Those of you who are out there in the crowd, if you don't say hello, I don't know that you're in the crowd. I just see numbers on the screen and I know that there's people there. So we're going to talk about the end times today. The Kali Yuga will be talking about that. But I want to talk about first what happened to me in the last week and a half, right? So <clears throat> I came under attack and so did my family. It was an insane amount of things that happened in a very short period of time, up to and including when I got home while all this stuff was going on and I was getting it under control and taking care of it. I logged on to the one computer that I had, um, the one computer that I had, anti-malware from the coalition on okay i had been all weekend long with my cell phone at the hospital watching youtube but being on the internet uh everything was going on and it was fine <clears throat> i'm doing good thank you tony i am actually doing good i'm recuperating uh my foot is uh you know obviously still you know they they i'll get into that let me let me cover that okay so so what happens when I get home? So let's start with when I got home and why I'm only on Facebook today and not YouTube as well. I get home on Tuesday night, Tuesday night after everybody, you know, left and my mom is in bed. I decide to log on to YouTube to take, you know, just to watch some videos. I log on to YouTube and I get an activation from all the malware and stuff that I have. And including that was the only device I hadn't linked all my other devices yet to, uh, but it affected all my devices. I get this, they get this notice as soon as I log on to YouTube that says, be advised, this program has access to unlimited access to every aspect of your entire life. All of your bank accounts, all of your passwords, all of your text messages, all of your phone conversations, all of your messaging, everything you do online YouTube and Google have complete access to 100% of your life. There is nothing you do on any of your devices that Google and YouTube are not monitoring. And in fact, they have all your passwords. They can take control of everything that you own. We are downgrading their access because they do not have your express written permission to do so. When they turned off that access, 
Google deplatformed me because I broke their rules of terms of service. So somewhere in the terms of service, you give Google and YouTube access to every part of your life, including turning your cameras on whenever they feel like it and recording everything about you. Okay. So, right. Josie, welcome. I haven't seen you in a while. So they were totally hijacking me and that had to do with the uh, how I was coming under attack. So because of that, as soon as I got the notification, I didn't even have to click on anything. So it wasn't a virus like, and I said, oh, I, I fell for it. I did nothing. And it said, we are limiting access to this application because they do not have your permission to do that. We're downsizing their access. Immediately, I was deplatformed off of all Google products, not just YouTube. I couldn't even go to Google to do a Google search. I couldn't go into Google to check email. They literally deplatformed that email address that I created those accounts with. I have three other email addresses that are Gmail accounts. So I logged into one of those and I still have the, the YouTube channel under those other names. So I'll be broadcasting there, but Orion Rising and all 500 plus episodes that were on there is deleted forever and gone. It's a good thing I have them all backed up. It's also a good thing that I didn't use that as a platform where I was trying to get viewers. I was just, you know, if you guys watched on YouTube, fine. It was a, it was an archive. You could watch all my videos and, and that's fine. Most of my viewers come from not Facebook either. They come from after this, when I broadcast the MP3 uh, uh, player version to the world, to have more listeners there on the planet than I do on Facebook. So I go live on Facebook. And so today, like I said, I shaved everything off. So let's go back in time. I'm type two diabetic. Okay. I also drink a lot of alcohol. So not, I used to, I quit drinking. Uh, because of this, I turned the negative into a positive. So I ended up with a um, callus on my left foot, wearing the same pair of shoes that I've owned for five years, three years, four years, and I never had a problem. All of a sudden, I develop a callus. That callus, because I have neuropathy not caused by my diabetes, but not helped by that, I already had that problem. If you know anything about me, I almost lost my legs in 2012, and I have deep tissue damage, and I have a lot of... Uh, uh, of, of damage to the nerves. So I don't feel a lot in my legs below the knees. So then add a little bit of neuropathy from the last few years of type two diabetes. And that didn't help. So the, it got infected. I healed that, but then it developed into an ulcer. I was healing the ulcer quite well. And then I, unfortunately, and this was where they got me, they used any little teeny thing that they could find. I got out of the shower, half asleep, did not put on a sock or anything protecting on my foot, walked into uh, my bedroom, got something in it. <clears throat> that irritated it. And then within the course of three days, it blew up. Uh, you know, my foot, the first day kind of swelled. The second day kind of swelled. Third day it turned red. Went to emergency room. They were concerned that the ulcer had got into the bone. Had it got into the bone, they would have cut off not just all of my toes, but all of the knuckles. I would have lost almost half of my left foot. As it turned out, over the course of the next few days, they did an x-ray and then they're explaining to me how, well, the x-ray is really about three to four days behind. So for the next, that was Thursday of last week, a week ago yesterday. So Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, they were opening up my wound and digging it to the bone and checking the bone to see if there was any uh, problem with the bone, if it was being eaten away or getting softer. And while in doing so, they noticed, because originally it was about the size of a dime. By the time they got done, the, you know, the hole was the size of a nick or of a, a quarter, pardon me, because they noticed that on the walls of 
of of my hole, the skin tissue was sort of um, had fibrous materials that seemed to be protruding. So they kept scraping those off all the way around and it kept hollowing out the sore wider and wider and wider till after the third day, they decided maybe we should leave that alone because it seems like that's normal for his skin. We don't know what's going on here. It doesn't seem normal. We've never, never seen it, but it doesn't seem to be a detriment. So then they ask me, they look at my chart and they come in and I got like four or five doctors and two or three pediatricians looking at my foot and they got a chart and they're looking at my, my medical history and they say, you know, we see that over the course of your life because they have my entire medical. I was born in a Kaiser. Right. And everything that I did outside of Kaiser, I had pulled into Kaiser. So they had my medical records from the day I was born until that day, till today. And they said, it seems that you have healed miraculously throughout the years, several times when your life was in jeopardy. And it seems like overnight you heal at a very, very rapid rate. And I just looked at them and said, "Uh uh-huh. Didn't say a word. Now, mind you, when my father died, they realized he had an extra heart ventricle, an entire extra heart ventricle, which is really rare. My ex-wife, my first wife, also has an extra heart ventricle. I do not because I had them look for one to see if I do. So, So I come under attack. Now, my brother won't take my mother, even though he works at home, because he's afraid she's going to walk out the front door and he doesn't know anything about being able to see her. So I had to take my mother with me to the emergency room. Eight hours in, my mother is very confused and doesn't know what's happening. My brother shows up to get my mother with his son, his his second son, not his oldest son, but his baby, actually, because he's got a daughter and a son. And then my then the nephew he showed up with. My mom doesn't remember him because she's only seen his eyes twice in a year. So my brother now is freaking out. Now, mind you, my brother has congenital heart disease. His heart is only pumping. He's younger than me, by the way. His heart's only pumping at 29% of capacity. And they're worried about Peter. Welcome, my friend. They're worried about uh, Wayne. Welcome. I didn't see you there. Uh, They're worried about possibly giving my brother a heart transplant. So he's not exactly the greatest candidate for taking care of my 77-year-old mother who has Alzheimer's. So. He comes to get her and she doesn't want to go. So they end up coming back to me at the emergency room. And I said, you need to get her in the car and get her home. So that was a fiasco. He almost had to kidnap her to get her in the car. He got her home. That didn't go well. She was chasing him around with a cane. I know that because he FaceTimed me while I was worried about losing my foot. My brother's biggest concern is mom's trying to hit me with her cane. So that didn't go over well. My sister uh, was going to come up a few days later. So my brother had to be here for Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. My sister was going to come up on Sunday. So on her way up on Sunday, she's driving her car that she's had for about seven, eight years. And she's driving along on Highway 12. If you guys don't know anything about California, you know what Highway 12 is. If you don't, I I won't explain it. But it's one lane coming, one lane going. Uh, And it's a main thoroughfare that goes east-west between Highway 80, Highway 5, and Highway 99. Those are the biggest highways highways uh, that go north and south in the state of California. And she's heading over to Highway 5 to come up 5 to go to my house. As she's doing so, everyone in front of her slams on her brakes. She slams on her brakes. For whatever reason, her car decides to lurch into oncoming traffic to the left. Luckily, uh, because if she hadn't hit a car, she'd have gone down into into the levee and possibly rolled over and gone into the water and died. So she didn't hit a car head on. Luckily, she hit the car and and uh, she hit it on the quarter panel and sideswiped the car and didn't go off the levee. Nobody got hurt. The car 
ripped off the front end of her car, pierced the radiator. That car was was messed up. Uh, she was okay. She got banged up, uh, hit in the face with the, uh, you know, the the uh, um, airbag, the whole nines. Um, my niece had to come and get her. She got in her four-wheel drive and drove down in the levee, <laughs> through the levee, and back up to the road to get my sister. And uh, then they towed the car to my niece's house, who ironically had just bought a vehicle uh, on Friday. And so she gave that to my sister. My sister then drove that vehicle up here the next day to relieve my brother, even though she was in all kinds of pain. Now, my mother was also freaked out at my sister, even though my sister's up here once a week. Meanwhile, while I'm in the hospital, it gets crazy. I'm going to try and go through this fast. So some of you are going to have to rewind this because I really want to get into the Kali Yuga and everything that's going on. So while I'm in the hospital, they're digging through my foot over the weekend. Now let's come back to, you know, they, they're admitting me obviously on Thursday. Um, they opened me up. So because they opened me up, I have a habit or a history of catching C. diff. I don't know if you guys know what that is. That's the most aggressive strain of uh, infectious diarrhea that you can get and it will kill you. Now, the only way that you can get that is if you have antibiotics in your system when they cut your body open to do surgery. I take vitamins, many of them, and three or four interact as a mild antibiotic. So because of that, and them digging in my foot and opening my foot cavity up, they expose my body in the inside to air. I ended up with C. diff once again, right? So, uh, so Lenore, welcome, right? Uh, uh, welcome, mate. Uh, Debbie, welcome. Please share this out. Like I said, everybody share this out, share this out. So I end up, I end up with C. diff. So now I'm, now I'm having problems with diarrhea. So they realize that because it's in my chart. So they test me for it and they quarantine me, which is a good thing because now I have my own room because before I was in a room with four people, which was okay. Three of the four were cool. One of which he was screaming bloody murder at the top of his lungs all day long until they gave him pain medication. Oh God, at the top of his lungs. I heard help me. And I was, you know, we were all being patient and just silent and ignoring him. And then they would give him like oxy and he would sleep for six hours. Right. So I was happy to have my own room. The problem with that is that everybody had to come in hazmat gear to come and see me. Right. Like as if they weren't used to COVID. But now it's worse. They're treating me not only like I have COVID, but worse. They're treating me like I have the plague that they're all going to die from. So I had a hard time getting anyone to come into my room to take care of things. So they had a, a commode next to my bed because when I had to go to the bathroom, I had about 30 seconds. No, I had about five seconds. And then I would start going. So I had to sit up onto the commode. So I'm supposed to press the button and they set the alarm and I'm waiting for somebody. They think when I say I have to have a BM that it's a normal person that could wait a half an hour. When I say I have to have a BM by the time I'm done saying that, I'm about to start. So I would get up, the alarm would go off, everybody would get mad and I would explain to them what was going on. I have C. diff. When I tell you, when I know I have to go, I have about 10 to 15 seconds and then I go. You guys have to understand that. So I'm going to call you. So finally they ended up turning off the alarm because they knew I would page them. And by the time they got there, I'd be done and back into bed. Okay, so that craziness is going on. Now, in that time period between Thursday and when I was released on Tuesday, I had six different IVs put in me because all of which either my body would, would reject, which happened twice, or my body would reject the glue, which happened 100% of the time to every single one, or 
Two of them were ripped out of my arm by a nurse moving the wrong way at the wrong time with blood jetting out. This hand, she tore it out. There was blood jetting out of my vein until we put pressure on it. And then I have a bruise on this arm that you probably can't see right now. But they put it in above my fold, and it ended up blowing out into my uh, uh, my uh, bicep. And all the fluid was going into the muscle tissue of my bicep until they took that out. So I, I ended up with one above on this side. I don't know if you can see. Let me pull back here. You can see. This whole, these two were, were attempts right here to put in one. And this one over here was the one that took that one. They put a little bit of glue on that one stayed because of my body would reject the tape after about four hours, the tape wouldn't stick. And then the needle would slide out of my body. My body would push it out. So they couldn't get anything to stay in my body. They couldn't for the life of them understand why my body was doing that. And I said, my body doesn't like to have foreign objects in it. And it tries to push it out. My skin will not allow anything to stick to it. Don't ask me why. It's just that way. Okay. So then one in one setting, they were trying to put in an IV and I got stabbed five times and they couldn't get an IV to, to go into my veins. So they had to have an expert come in with a machine that was a, a, a freaking vein finder. And that was the last one that I had that I actually held for 24 hours until I got out of the hospital. So I had all that going on. Now, mind you, those of you who know me also know that I'm a medium. So when I closed my eyes, I knew that I was under attack. My family members are, are about as awake as a gorilla. No offense to them. Uh, so they're about as awake as a chihuahua. Uh, they don't know what's going on. So I can't tell them what's going on because they're already freaking out. So I have to coach them and tell them, let's get through this one day. Let's get through the next day. Let's get through this day just today. Help me get through today and we'll get through tomorrow. Let me drive the horses. Don't mind that they're blind. Just get inside the coach and I'll do the driving. Eventually, I got them all to believe me. They're kind of used to that because I'm the oldest male. So they're kind of used to me being the guy to go to anyways. So they started following me. Thank the gods. Uh, and we were able to get through this. While I was there with five witnesses, okay, I had a podiatrist working on my foot. I had a doctor asking me questions, and I had like three nurses milling about. This is no joke. My cell phone rings. It's the middle of the day. I answer my cell phone, <clears throat> okay? Uh, Kathy, welcome, by the way. I answer my cell phone. I say, hello? About a three-second pause, and then I hear this. And the phone hangs up with the most evil, nasty, contemptuous anger that I could ever possibly hear from a human being being forced on me at that time. And I went, wow, if I didn't think I was under attack before now, I know what the hell is going on. The people around me heard that. They all stopped what they were doing and looked at me and said, what the fuck was that? And I said, that's what I'm wondering, but I knew. Okay, so I knew that I was under attack. My brother was being under attack. My mother was under attack. My sister was under attack. Everybody was under attack, and I knew it. So I had to clear out all the energy while I'm worried about losing my foot the entire time. So I ended up fending off all of the energy, changing the energy as much as I could. Eventually, I came home on Tuesday. My van was still down there. I got that back yesterday. I couldn't go get it. I'm hobbled. I'm walking with a boot right now, and I'm not supposed to walk. I have a walker, and I'm not, you know, I'm, I'm Grandpa needs to walk, and he's, wait for Grandpa, because you can't move very fast with a walker, especially if you can't put the front pad of your foot down, because it's literally like right in between, like right there in between those two toes on my foot. Okay. Right in the middle of my foot, right on the pad. Right. So that's what I got. I'm up against. So 
all that stuff going on. And I'm seeing all kinds of stuff in the room, in the hospital. And then I'm seeing dead people everywhere. And I'm trying to help people go to the other side and, and trying to weed out and push back the, the negative energy and protect my family outside and what's going on. My mother's freaking out, doesn't know what's going on. The whole thing is insane, crazy. Everybody's under attack. I finally got that under control. I got home. I know that's the short of it. There's a longer story that if you go back and watch Skull Island from Wednesday, you'll hear the, the 35, 45 minute version of what exactly happened to me there. Okay. Reason for that, just like we did there. Uh, we tied that into the show. I'm tying it in again. This is uh, because of the end times, because that's the Kali Yuga. Kali means destruction. Kali is the, is the destructor. Yuga means a time period or, or uh, an, an era. So this is the time of tribulations. Kali Yuga would mean destruction time or time of tribulations, which some of you know as the revelation. Some of you know as end times. Some of you know as depending on the religion that you're in. So you people out there in the world need to understand, not just because of what was going on with me, but that that if you're in any way doing any kind of light work, you come under attack. The more the the more your vibration is is in a higher place, the more attack that you're vulnerable to. And if you know if you remember when I did the law of one, we talked about Carla. They look for something that they can exploit about you that is a weakness, and then they take that and they go after you to try to kill you with it. So what I did was. I took this as a sign of something that I could turn into a positive because I'm an alcoholic and I was drinking a lot of alcohol. When I got in there, they had to give me medicine to help me with the alcoholism so that I wouldn't have DTs and possibly die from not having any alcohol. So because I was on medication for that and patches for that for the first three days, once that passed, I even though I was in there Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, and came home Tuesday, I was in there effectively six days, I no longer was physically addicted to alcohol. So I utilized the, the whole negative of what happened. It turned it into a positive and said, I'm going to take everything that this was done to me. And now that I'm no longer addicted to alcohol, I'm going to quit drinking and turned into a positive thing. So when I got home, I poured out two and a half gallons of booze and a six pack of ale down the tor down the drain in the kitchen, threw all that stuff away. And I will never buy alcohol again. And I'm no longer going to drink alcohol. So I took this negative where they tried to kill me and I turned it into a positive that that negative that they used to try and kill me, I used to quit drinking alcohol. So I gave them the finger for that. It was a great attempt, but it didn't work. And it was supposed to be a warning to me. So then when I get home that day, I log into YouTube and I'm told by my, by my software that I have on there protecting me that they're into every aspect of my life. It didn't happen that way before I left, but now they're into every aplect of my life. I diminished that and then they deplatformed me because they're pissed off at me for doing that. So I didn't care. You, they deplatformed me. I was using YouTube as an archive anyways. I turned this into a positive, right? And and they don't get a negative out of it. The only thing they got out of it was my sister's car got destroyed. My brother had a little bit of stress. So did my sister and so did my mother. Things are back to normal now with everybody. Uh, and everybody's going about their lives and I'm healing. And my van's here. My mom's here. She's back to normal. Everything's back to normal. And to celebrate that, I took off my beard and mustache and went with this new look uh, to, to celebrate the new beginning of uh, me being sobriety from this point on, because now it's just a matter of my will. If I don't buy alcohol and I don't drink alcohol, it's not going to happen. Also, while I was in the hospital really quickly, and we'll get back to the end times, 
the food they were giving me, even though I was under a diabetic diet, was absolute shit. I was getting almost 50 carbs, not even mentioning how much sugar. So my blood sugar level, which is normally even with alcohol, yeah, I get up in the morning, it'd be about 135, 145, which is high, but without alcohol, it'd be a lot lower. And then at night, it'd be like 175 because I would be eating food and then drinking. So I knew that my alcoholism was contributing a great factor to my diabetes, type 2 diabetes. So while I was in the hospital, I was testing at 180 and 185 and 190. Mind you, most people either have a stroke or go into a coma at 200. So they feed me food that's shit, and then they shoot me with uh, with uh, uh, a bunch of insulin. And they wouldn't let me take my medicine because the metformin might interact with uh, uh with the antibiotics, but they sent me home with antibiotics and told me to start taking my metformin again. Odd. Anyways, so then I got annoyed because my blood sugar level is so out of control. I'm looking, reading everything, and I'm like, I can't eat this. What are you guys giving me? They gave me scrambled eggs and country potatoes, hot, along with the only thing that was good was raisin bran, but they gave me a little, uh, you know, eight ounce or six ounces of milk. That milk had 13 grams of sugar and 14 grams of carbs. So I complain. They come and give me a no sugar milk. It still has 14 grams of carbs. I can't have these carbs. I'm going to go straight into sugar. But what's worse is you're giving me freaking carbs and potatoes, which is death to a diabetic. Potatoes hot, turn your blood sugar up immediately. It has no time, no waiting, no Pasco. Do not collect $200. Your blood sugar level goes, shoots up. So finally, what I did was I got the dietitian up in the room with me and I got on the phone with the cafeteria, the head person in the cafeteria that makes the menu and the dietitian. And I said, this is what I want to eat for breakfast, lunch and dinner. And guess what? The first day that I was in control of my breakfast, my lunch and my dinner, I came in at 118 after breakfast, 121 after lunch, 123 after dinner and did not need any more insulin. From that point on, I didn't need any insulin while I was there. That's what gave me the idea. Without the alcohol and me eating right, I'm not diabetic. I'm going to quit when I leave here. I'm not going to drink anymore. So I haven't tested my blood yet because I had to find my testers, and the, all of a sudden they were dead, and I couldn't find the batteries, or I couldn't find the plugs. So I'm plugging them in and charging, but I know that my blood sugar level is good because I'm not drinking. So I know I'm okay, and I'm also eating the same way I was eating before. Now, so let's get into, uh, yeah, potato is carb, Kathy. Right, Kathy, you know that. Potato is 100% carbs. The only way you can eat potatoes is if they're like in a potato salad and they're in the refrigerator. When the potato temperature goes down below 40, it changes the physiological makeup of the carb and the way it works in your body. And it slows down the carb, so it becomes a little bit more like saccharin. So it takes a long time for that carb to get in. That's the only way you can eat potatoes is cold out of the refrigerator. And you can, you know, like if you go, you like French fries, you can eat them cold out of the refrigerator, but you can't dip them in ketchup because the second ingredient in most ketchup is high fructose corn syrup, which is, in fact, suicide. That's like playing Russian roulette for a diabetic. So they also gave me ketchup to put on my eggs. What the hell, right? So I talked to all the nurses and they said, the, the menu here is shit. It is shit. And we fight with them all the time and they don't care. It's like they're giving you the cheapest food they can possibly give you. And then they just hit you with insulin. They don't care. They just hit you with insulin. So they're trying to overtax your body. And basically, if you stay in the hospital long enough, you're going to become type one diabetic when you're type two. Crazy. Okay. So all that's done, all that's over with. But even prior to that, and, and, and without that, any of that knowledge, you guys need to understand that the, the time you guys all, everybody out there keeps thinking we have plenty of time. We have thousands of years and thousands of years to make a choice. You don't anymore. 
Okay, you don't have any more time. You need to understand that you need to prepare. I've been trying to tell people this for years now. You need to prepare for the end times. Ignore the news. They're lying to you. Did you guys hear that they now have decided, listen to this, for the first time in physical history, in physics, and in physiological makeup of genomes, for the very first time, Two viruses found each other and made a pact with each other, made a truce, and decided to join up and become one virus. Last night, they announced that the Delta variant and the Omicron variant have now joined and became one variant called Deltacron. I'm not fucking kidding you. Deltacron, they're calling it. The only way that could happen is if a human being married those two viruses together. Viruses don't find other viruses. Well, they ended up in the same body, and so what? They they had a truce. They waved a white flag and sat down and had a meeting and said, I'm going to take the first part of me that's called Delta, and then I'm going to take the last part of you that's called Cron, and we're going to get together and we're going to make the stronger version called Delta Cron. That shit doesn't fucking happen, period. It's bad enough that they keep trying to say each variant is stronger than the last variant, which does not happen in nature. Variants don't wind up and get stronger as they go. They want to survive so they get weaker so that they can survive, okay? You guys need to start taking courses in in, in educating yourself and not listening to this crap they're selling you, okay? So, right, Jacqueline, welcome. I'm glad I haven't seen you for a while either. I should have gone live on my channel a while ago because I've, I've drawn in a bunch of you guys from being on my personal page live, not just Orion Rising. Jacqueline, I miss you. I know I have to, I have to talk to you. We got we, There's work we need to do, and I haven't had a chance to talk to you for almost a year now. Uh, it's been crazy. So, so, yeah, so they just announced on the news locally here last night, there's this new variant called Deltacron. So I'm waiting for the next one. Is the next one going to be called Omni-19? Right? Is that what it's going to be called? Omni-19? Or is it going to be called a Corona, Coronacron? Right? What is it going to be called? Omni, Omni-Corona? Omni-19? We'll see what happens with the next one. Right? So, there, so there, yeah, definitely, Jacqueline. I'm serious. I'm not kidding you. I'm not kidding you. She said, let's do it. Let's do it. Um, so, I love you too, Jacqueline. You know that, right? You know, I love all of you guys. You guys know that. So, you guys need to understand that what you're seeing on the television is absolute shit. Okay, there's I'm not saying it's not happening, but I'm saying there's some weird shit going on when the news tells you they're bombing a city, but you can still see that live feed from the city and everybody's just kind of driving around, milling around, going to work. Right. There's no bombs and nothing's happening. Right. I know for a fact that they showed that one lady who had a bandage on her head, blonde hair, and she was all bandaged up because she was beaten up that I know that the picture they used even on Fox was from 2014 during the Crimea invasion, and they acted like it happened last two weeks ago before I went in the hospital. I'm like, that's a picture that I just got from somebody that showed me this thing from 2014, and now here they're showing it like as it happened today. So I'm not saying that it's not happening because there probably is something happening, but you have to understand that even if it is happening, the reality in which it's happening in is the matrix that's fake. So the truth is it's not real, even though they're selling it to you as if it is real. Okay, that's the biggest problem, right? You know, the the Tao Di Chi, Lao Chi said in 604 BCE, 604 years before Jesus Christ was born, he said the delusion of man is to is is not realizing that this reality is an illusion. Do you understand that? 
So you have to understand that everything that you see here is not real. And what you see on the news is fabricated. It's all the lie. That's the, that was what Neo, why Neo was chasing the white rabbit. Neo understood that his reality, there was something wrong with it. Everything you see in all the movies, I've done this and I've talked about this many times, everything you see in all these movies is trying to tell you, including things like Alice in Wonderland, including things like uh, like the, the Wizard of Oz. They're, they're just telling you the same story. You need to understand that, okay, that it's an illusion that reality isn't what you think it is and that everything that's around you in those characters from the Wizard of Oz, from Alice in Wonderland, were aspects of her ego and her personality. And those personality traits, she had to help them express themselves to get like, you know, the lion who had no courage. She had to give the lion courage. She had to feed the courage to the lion and she had to teach him courage. And then and then the, the scarecrow that had no brain, she had to help the scarecrow realize that he had a brain and that thinking was was natural. So now if you, if you how do you cross that over to Alice in Wonderland? Well, the Mad Hatter, right? The Mad Hatter didn't have a brain. He was mad. He was crazy. Do you understand? And then you had the nervous rabbit who was all about the matrix. God, we're on time. I'm late. I'm late. I'm late. We're going to go. Always shaking. We got to hurry. Hurry. We got to go. We got to go. In this reality, we're very, very late for a very important date. And he was all about timelines and running, 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 running. At the end, think about it. At the end, what did Alice have to do? She had to fight the dragon. Do you understand? She had to fight the dragon. What was the name of the dragon? Did they say it was a Tiamat the dragon? <clears throat> that's the same as Thor fighting the dragon in the North Sea. That's the same as Marduk fighting what? Tiamat, the dragon. It's the same as Jesus fighting the serpent, fighting the devil. It's still a serpent. The dragon is still a serpent. Do you understand? So you guys need to understand that, right? Yeah. Oh, that's what I thought the rabbit represented, Tony says. Yes, the rabbit was representing the craziness of the, of the ego pulling you back into the matrix. Hurry, hurry, hurry. We got to go. We got to go. We got a place. We got a thing. We got a thing. It's right here. It's right. Follow me. Quick, 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 quick. quick. We're in a hurry. And always nervous and always nervous. You have to be to a different place. You got to chase him. You're constantly, she could never catch him. Remember? She was always chasing him and always disappear. And she would follow him and she'd show up at a weird place. Right? And, and that was usually where the hatter would be. And they were, you know, like the tea party and all of that. So, so... <clears throat> So you, you guys need to understand that in all the movies that we have out there, we're telling ourselves the same story of what's going on that is biblical in all of the texts, the Dead Sea Scrolls, all of the scrolls that are in the Bibles that are going on, the Kali Yuga. Like I said, Kali is the destruction. Yuga is the time, is a time period. So Kali Yuga means time of tribulation, time of destruction. Do you understand? It's the same thing. That's the words they use for Armageddon. That's the words they use for uh, end times. It depends on the religious aspect that you have uh, within you because of where you were born and how you were raised. But they're all the same. They have different words that mean the same thing. Okay. So you need to understand that we are in the time of, of tribulation, right? So, yes, you know, Peter's talking about the last night. Yes, again, same storyline, Peter. You're on to it. Peter knows. He knows what's going on. The episode uh, the episode big of Broccoli, Star Trek, right? I think it was his translation is not coming right through, right? The Star Trek, uh, the card of, of reviewing the Matrix in episode two, and it, review, and it reveals two 
to being brought back into another reality. And it's true. So his trans, he has to talk to his phone and sometimes it translates a little bit, but you kind of get the gist of what Peter is saying. And then mirror, mirror was another version of that where they had alternate universes showing you a different timeline that was in the old Star Trek series, a different timeline from the timeline that we have sort of like they did with Bizarro world in the, in the comic book series, right? Where they showed you the alternative reality that was the yin to the yang. Right. So you have everything that was good in this reality was bad in that reality. So it was backwards. And so you but you but you could cross over between the realities. <clears throat> so you need to understand that that's what's going on. I still can't believe what you just told us about the new Matrix variant. Yeah. Yeah. The new the new uh, uh, the new coop. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, come on. They literally called it Delta Cron. <clears throat> that has never happened in the history of the universe ever where two two viruses found each other and decided to 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 blend together and form one virus that doesn't happen they're separate viruses even if they're identical viruses but a new variant they never join together and become a third variant that doesn't happen that doesn't happen guys if you get both variants in your body at the same time that doesn't create an, a new variant when you get one variant it creates a new variant because you, it becomes uh, immune to some of the uh, some of the properties of your body to survive it doesn't join with another one that's in your body and become a third variant out of the two doesn't happen could they have named one that that's a possibility but they're saying that they literally said the two of them merged that's what they said they're selling the ticket that the two of them merged into one and they're calling it Delta Cron. That's the biggest load of bullshit I've ever heard. The, the worst bullshit that I could possibly hear from any politician ever about any lie that they had ever told. That one's the worst one that I've ever heard yet. And it's so ludicrous that it's a joke. But you know what? People are going to be afraid of it. And they're going to throw that diaper back on their nose and run around breathing their own shit. Right. Right. Yeah. So Tony says, yeah, he says, yeah. So it's so it is true. It's it's man-made. It has to be man-made, bro. That's the only way that can work. Period. That's the way the only way that all of this could have worked anyway is that they're man-made. All of that's coming out in time. Right there. What you guys don't know, what a few of us here in this audience do know is that there's a tribunal going on right now, tribunal going on right now in the world court. And some of these people are being tried. Where's Anthony Fauci and how come he's been missing for almost a month? Ask yourself that question. Why isn't he's usually on every channel talking all day long? Mask, no mask, three masks, four masks. We can take them off after we put them on, and then we can take them off once we put them on and take them off and put them on. And then it's okay if the kids have one, but the kids should have one, but you can take them off, and the kids need to wear them, and then they can take them off, but then they have to put on two. Bioweapon. That's right, Jacqueline. Bioweapon. Get that straight, okay? However, all of that aside, we are we are now think about this with Boktun 12, according to everyone in Central America, ended. Boktun 13 has not begun. Back in the 60s, they were talking about this is the age of Aquarius. That hasn't happened yet, but that's what we're moving into. Okay, you guys need to understand that. So Boktun 12 quit. Boktun 13, according to the to the Mayans and the in the Incans and the Aztecs is the age of Aquarius that Western civilization calls that. Okay. And that's supposed to be the, what the, you know, the, the, basically the, the, uh, 
the, the, the heaven, the, the prosperous time, the time without tribulations that we're supposed to get through. So the choice is the Hopi rock legend, the Aborigine legend from down under and all Aborigines, all Aboriginals on this planet have talked about the time when <clears throat> there's a split in the timeline. And if you choose the path of destruction, which I knew about 35 years ago when I was in my early 20s, I talked about our late teens, early 20s, when we talked about people saying, you know, the doom, the end is coming and there's going to be a doomsday. Even then, we understood there was a choice and that we were not you could choose not to be in that end time where there's destruction and that you can choose to be in the other place. I knew that instinctively before I knew that there was a Hopi Rock legend or all these other legends. And I knew that then we all knew that then and this was in the Wiccan Druid community as that was growing with strength in the state of California because even back then, 35 years ago, you had to be careful about talking about being non-Christian. They would take your children from you. My wife and I at the time had to pretend that we were Christian, even though I was very much Druid pagan, and so was she. In fact, I have a Druid title, which is a heretic title, which was given because of my DNA, because of my family, handed down generation after generation by my father of Merlin. It has nothing to do with the modern uh, paper trail, paper driven society that most people go by. Would you have a license that says, no, I don't have a piece of paper that some other guy put his little scribble on with a mark that says, I know what I'm talking about. You didn't need that for the first two and a half million years that we were on this planet. It only came up around 1948 to 1962 when a piece of paper said you knew what you were talking about. Okay. Now I get that because if I'm saying I'm a brain surgeon, I kind of want to check your credentials, right? But I either know shit or I don't. I'm either wise or I'm not. So those of you who think that I'm not wise, change the channel. If you think I don't know what I'm talking about and that I don't have the titles that I have, change the channel. I don't need to see you. You don't need to see me. Don't troll. Just go away. Find somebody else that you're more agreeable with, okay? It's a free world. It's a free country. And as long as you still have that freedom, make those choices for yourself, okay? That's what I say to those people. Thank you, Jacqueline. So... You guys need to understand that where we are, what's, and I'm not saying pretend that that stuff is not happening because while you're stuck in this matrix, it is in fact still happening. So it can affect you, but it affects you only to the amount that you believe in it. Now, why do I say that? Because I was diagnosed with COPD, not end stage, but to where I should have been wearing oxygen back in 2012. Okay. By 2014, I was testing and showing that I had no COPD in my lungs. No doctor or scientist would say that my lungs regenerated on record that I no longer had COPD. They said, you're in remission. And this could last for decades. And one day it'll pop off. And I said, really? So what do the x-rays show? I had one guy who said he was going to try and write a paper about me, but he was afraid they would ruin his career. So he wasn't sure if he was going to do it. But he said to me, your lungs have regenerated. That's not supposed to happen. Okay. So my lungs regenerated from COPD to no COPD. I still have asthma and I'm working on that. And the only time I really get affected by asthma is when I smoke really good pot and it gives me, it has me, it gives me an asthma attack and I got to hit my inhaler. That's how I know I got the good shit with a high THC because I go, Ooh, ah, ah, woo, <laughs> and then I'm nice and high for about two and a half hours. Right now my phone's ringing. Let me see who this is. Of course, it's my sister. Hold on one second while I mute my phone and end.
Okay. She said, oh, crap, right. Hung up. <laughs> I said, text me. She said, okay. She forgot that I was on air. She's trying to work on her car, and I was trying to help them figure out the emergency brake got stuck, and I was trying to help them figure out how to unstick it without jacking it up going underneath there and and, um, and releasing the brake. So it looks like that's what they were going to do. Anyways, so, so Peter's saying, knowing the tree of Sophia, the tree of knowledge was the tree of life. Sophia, it says, Sophia speaker the tree of knowledge in the Gnostic text and the, the, the book of Sophia. Right. So it's a little bit lost in his translation when he's speaking to his phone, but you get the gist of that. You should look that up. Right. I mean, uh, first of all, the tree of life. Right. We also know that the that the Sophia in ancient Hebrew, I think it was in Sanskrit, as a matter of fact, uh, means princess. So so there's a reason that, that the tree of life is named princess. Think about that now. Right. That's important to, to know. Right. Yeah, nothing like good smoke, Sheila. I agree. <laughs> so I gave up the alcohol, but I was really chasing the high from the from the pot anyway. Pardon me while I move my foot down for a minute and give it a rest. I have it up on a chair next to me, and if I leave it up too long, my leg will go to sleep from sitting in the same position. So I go up for 20, down for 20 to get some air uh, in it, or down for 10, and then back up for 20, and then down. That way I don't have a foot falling asleep or a leg falling asleep on me, right? So Denise said, "You don't need grass. You don't need glasses. I, you know, I, I probably don't. I, I do for for distance. I'm okay. One eye. I, I got gasoline in when I was a kid, so it has a little bit of problem with distance. Reading, I can actually read in this range, but if I try to have a book, you know, in a normal range, one eye has a problem seeing it." A little bit like this eye right now. If I close this eye, the screen is a little blurry, but I can read it fine with my right eye. So I really don't need glasses, but it, you know, one eye is not seeing it right. So I wear when I'm on the computer at night, guys. You want to see something funny? I do this. I got to take my hat off. I do this. This is how I play my video game because I can see with this one, right? I can read the screen and see the screen, and this one I don't need anything. So I sit like this all night playing my video game or, or watching videos. I took a picture of myself and sent it to my sister, and she about peed herself. She laughed so hard with me dressed like that with one, one thing cocked up on my reading glasses. So I don't normally wear I don't have to wear them. Uh, except for for distance uh, and then for up close. Because one eye, this one doesn't see good up close, and this eye doesn't see good for distance. Kind of like I, I'm getting like, uh, you know, like uh, Odin, where, right, where you got, you know, you got the distance. I don't have the birds on my shoulder looking at, at the future and the past, but I have one eye that looks at the past and one eye that looks at the future, which is weird, right? So instead of having the proverbial birds on my shoulders, I have my eyes doing the same thing for me. Isn't that weird? So thank you, by the way. Uh, I know, and I look better without the glasses on, don't I? Right, because then you can see my eyes. That's one of the reasons why I took it off today. I was like, you know what? I, I'm going to give them my eyes today because uh, I wanted to do the whole chain, shaved off the beard and mustache, go without glasses today. Uh, even though my hair is still long in the back, you know, it's, it's not a, it's not really a mullet. It's just that I don't have a lot of hair on top of my head. <laughs> right? Okay, so understand that the time we're in now is becoming short and we need to make that decision and prepare ourselves. That's why you did the videos, you know, the defense against the dark arts one and two. And of course, when I did that, everybody thought that it was had to do with, you know, uh, uh, you know, the, the Harry Potter. Uh, but in a sense, it kind of did because it was the same classes that they were learning and being taught in there for the same purposes that as soon as you start doing light work, you become under attack from these uh, from these nefarious energies. So you, so you need to understand 
that the the way things are working that they are in the death thralls. I say they meaning the cabal, they meaning the swamp, they meaning the forever. Uh, you know, you have to understand just how much in control they are. When I first said to a lot of people a year ago, we lost the first temporal war, I watched a lot of people get defeated. And I said, you need to understand it's not as bad as you think, but it is as bad as you think. Okay. We've been trying to tell ourselves that in all the movies, the matrix, every movie, every story that's being told has the, has that in there. And it has for most of our lifetimes. It's just, people haven't understood them. They haven't seen them. Right. I know I do. I, Tony says, you look quite a bit younger, man. I do. I have, in fact, if I shave this off, I, I have a baby face. Everyone says that I always have. That's why I grew the hair on my face when I was younger, because I've always looked younger than I actually am. So I always wanted to look my age. So I always grew facial hair. Well, then it turned white when I turned 40. By the time I was 44, all the red was gone out of my beard and mustache and it was white. I still have some in my hair, as you can see, right? But it's still, you know, it's getting more salt than pepper these days, but there's still that auburn and copper look to my hair. It's just that the beard went white. My father had the same thing happen. By the time he was 45, his beard was completely white. My mother was completely white-headed by the time she was 30, so it's in the DNA. Uh, anybody who transmutes any kind of energy, magic or otherwise, uh, I always said, you show me a wizard or a witch, and I'll show you someone who dyes their hair unless their hair is white. Okay, anybody that transmutes a high amount of energy like I do, it bleaches the color. And if you only have red as your pigment, you go white faster than people that have black or brown because that's a deeper um, pigment. Okay, yeah, wisdom whites. Yes, Tony, that is true. It does. That's why they showed that Moses, when he went up to the mountain, the burning bush, when he came back down, he had looked like he aged 25 years, although he hadn't, but he got the gray and his beard started turning gray and the gray in his hair. That does happen. That, that happens. Wisdom grays you. Energy grays you. So where we are now is you have to understand that uh, I have realized that back in the time of the Temple Knights, they believed that, that evil was in the very air they breathed. And it has become apparent to many of us that they were more right about this reality than we first understood or thought. Everyone thinking those people back then must have been primitive. They were more right about this reality and what's going on than we ever knew until we started to understand what they did in fact understand at the time because of the information that they found and they read from Solomon's minds and all the other uh, information that they gleaned from around the world that we were not privy to until the modern era. Do you understand? So, say Reese says, I'm having trouble with my, let me put it up on the screen, I'm having trouble with my neighbors. Now, Reese, you're down under, right? Having trouble with my neighbors. They're dark. But after a month around me, they, they joined the church uh, 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 for uh, a savior. Well, you know, that's, that, that, that's good uh, because you had a positive effect on them, right? It, love conquered, right? Love conquers all. All you need is love. Who wrote that song? Who talked about that, right? So John Lennon, and they killed him for it. All you need is love, right? Think about that. Do, 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 do. All you need is love, love. All, love is all you need. True. True story. Okay. Um, that is the most important thing. Love is the creation, right? Now understand this. We preach this all the time uh, and I'm going to preach it again. The word of God and the ancient, most ancient word that they used to describe that particular word is a Greek word and the word was logos. 
Okay. The word logos literally translates into modern English or common. I can't say English because there's so many versions of what we speak. So common as the word love. Okay. So, so the creation, which comes from your heart chakra is love. And that's where love originates in your body. That's the Vitruvian man. The reason for that, if you look at that circle, the Vitruvian man is standing in there with the arms out, the legs out, but the exact center point of that circumference of the circle is his heart chakra. That's the heart chakra. And if you look at the Star of David, that's the same motif. If you look at the five-pointed star of the pentagram, not the pentacle, or not the pentagram, but the pentacle. The pentacle is the five-sided star with the point up. The pentagram is when they turned it upside down to fit the goat head in. But it's still the same mathematical equation. It still equals love. I hate that, that they try to pervert it into not equaling love by putting the goat head in there and saying that it's satanic. But the truth is, good and evil are aspects of the exact same thing, though, the yin and the yang. And when you get past that ego-driven area, which I want to get into, because tomorrow I'm going to talk about that a little bit more in detail for the show that I'm going to be on. I'm going to be on the uh, uh, Omar's uh, uh, event that he has going on that is like 170,000 days long. I don't know. It's like 20 days long, and he's got hundreds of speakers. And I'm going to be speaking tomorrow at, I believe, 1045 in the morning, I think I get a 30-minute spot. I don't know if I get an hour. I think it's just 30 minutes. I'll find out tomorrow. But I'll also be speaking about it on the 19th. If you guys want to tune in on the 19th, hold on. I'm going to put the I'm going to put this up on the screen so that you can see it. We have uh, myself, Aaron Fowler, his wife Norma, and uh, Miguel uh, De La Pena have put on this this show. We have two other speakers. We have Leanne Curtis and one other speaker. And I apologize because I didn't get her name, even though uh, I was told on Wednesday I didn't write it down. So there's going to be uh, myself, Aaron, Norma, Miguel, um, uh, uh, um, uh, uh, Leanne Curtis, and this other woman. There's going to be six of us speaking uh, at this retreat that we're putting on. Uh, and I don't have the go to uh, Facebook and go to um, Skull Island pirate cast on 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 uh, facebook and there's a link there that'll take you uh to the tickets they're 3333 it's for the day we're going to be speaking about everything that's going on uh we're going i'm going to be doing reiki i'm going to reiki all of you that are in the audience and then i'm going to be uh doing some meditation and i'm going to be teaching you techniques because we have realized and this is important and why i've gone down this road we have realized that it is imperative and even like Corey Goods pushing this now, everyone's pushing this because they understand this. It is imperative at the very least for you out there. And I'm going to do this with you right now to those of you who are in the audience so that you can have this. And this is the one that I always use, but there are many other ones. And I'm going to talk about quite a few more on the 19th of uh, ways people try, when they're when they're meditating, they spend hours trying to achieve uh, this mindset to where they're at. And I can show you in 30 seconds how to get there. I'm going to use the simple one that I've used. Many people use many different techniques. Uh, and I'm going to show you a few more on the 19th when I'm, when I'm helping you in that, uh, in that uh, event that we have, our retreat that we have, uh, as well as using Reiki to Reiki you, and then uh, some meditation and, and some techniques. So if we, we have learned that if you can put your consciousness 
your spiritual consciousness and move yourself outside of this pain body, outside of the thinking mind, outside of the ego, above the body, above the mind, above the ego. And it doesn't have to be very far, just outside the reach of the ego. If you can achieve that place at will, when the time comes that you need to make the decision, you only have to achieve that minimum velocity, minimum space to where you are now not in control by the ego, by the mind, by the pain body. So I'm going to show you how to achieve that in a very short time period. And you then need to start practicing to get yourself to be in that place, which is the now which is outside of the thinking mind, the pain body, and the egoic thought process. Okay, I've done this before, so some of you know what's coming. Those of you who haven't done this before, this might be your first time. Those of you out there in the world that are hearing my voice that aren't seeing this on the MP3 version, you can do this as well because you'll get prompts by me, and you guys can do this. Whether it's live or not, it doesn't matter. It's a matter of you achieving this this exact thing. Now, you have to do what I tell you to do. I had a nurse and I was telling her what to do and she couldn't shut off her mind and she kept thinking about all the things that she needed to do when we were done. And because of that, it didn't work and I made her stop and I made her clear her mind and stop doing that so that she could achieve this quick place that is above the ego, above the thinking mind and above the pain body. Okay. So this is what we're going to do. I'm going to have all of you, if you're driving, obviously don't do this. Don't close your eyes. Uh, if you're driving, maybe you can see if you can pull over somewhere so that you won't crash. If you're doing something to where you're running a machinery, please stop doing that. For a, It's only going to take 30 seconds, okay? And in that time period, if you do this properly, you're going you're gonna to see exactly what I'm saying about this. Some of you already know where you're going, where I'm going, okay? So what I'm going to tell you to do is I'm going to tell you to do something, and then I'm going to shut up. And in that time period, I'm not going to speak for 30 seconds, and I'm going to wait. I will be counting down so you do not count down. What your job is to do is to breathe. For 30 seconds, I want you to only focus 100% of your attention on your body, breathing in air through your nose and out through your mouth. I don't want you thinking about, I am now breathing. I don't want you going, okay, how long has it been? Is Leo going to say something? That's your mind. I want you to clear out all thought processes at that point and just breathe. This is what it means when someone says, dude, just breathe. This is what they're saying to you on a subconscious level or a super conscious level that we don't remember anymore. OK, so I want everybody to stop what they're doing, get in a place where you're not going to fall over if you close your eyes. And, and you know, and if it's there's loud noises around you, turn that off, turn off the TV, go to a place where you can be quiet or semi quiet, even if you're in the middle of a traffic, whatever you can do to try and get to where, you know, you're not going to be harmed in any way by the outside world. OK, so. What I'm going to tell you to do is I'm going to tell you to do that. I want you to start. When I tell you to start, I want you to breathe only. Close your eyes and focus on your breathing in through your nose and out through your mouth. I will do the counting. So don't worry if it seems like a long time, right? 20 seconds, 30 seconds seems like a long time when you don't have a clock to look at. It's just like being held on hold. You're on hold for two minutes. It seems like an hour and a half because you were sitting there for two minutes with nothing. That's why they put music on to occupy your mind. OK, so I'm going to shut up now and I want all of you guys to just close your eyes and I want you to focus on breathing and you're going to breathe in through your nose, out through your mouth. Ready, go.
Okay, now I'm going to ask you a question. What were you thinking about while you were doing that? The answer to that question should be nothing. If you did it right, you were thinking about breathing, and in that moment, for those 30 seconds, you were not thinking, the ego was not tugging on you, nothing was happening except for you were witnessing your body breathing, feeling it breathing, and being in the moment. The only way that that could be achieved is that you moved your consciousness to the place where you were in your actual consciousness of your actual immortal soul outside of your body. Denise, you're welcome. I know Reese said, I need to practice this. So Reese, you're welcome. Outside of your body, outside of the mind, outside of the reach of the ego, the ego is silent because it can't reach you there. The mind is silent because it can't reach you there. The matrix is silent because it can't reach you there. You have no sight. You have no sound. You have no thought. But you were. You were in the now experiencing as the experiencer. That is your immortal soul. That is what you are trying to and attempting to achieve every time you meditate. Okay, and we do these things and don't realize we do them. You go to the Grand Canyon, say, or you see a sunset or you find or you find yourself on the beach of an ocean and you stop and all of a sudden you go, wow. And you just witness and you don't think and you're looking out at whatever it is that you see. And that moment you have now moved yourself outside of the thinking mind, outside the reach of the ego and you're experiencing and taking in what you experience as the experiencer which is up here above this plane that is this avatar that is the minimum height distance in vibration that you need to find yourself in as often as you possibly can because when the time comes to make a decision if you can pop yourself into that quickly in less than 30 seconds and you have to make that decision you will be in the place where you will not be drawn back by the ego by the mind or by the pain body or any other distraction of this fake reality do you understand so you need to practice being in at all times how can i achieve that at first it's difficult over time, it becomes easier when you integrate it with your day and realize you do it anyways. You know how you worked a long day and you come home and all you want to do is turn on something on television that you don't have to think because you want to turn off all of that. You don't know it, but instinctively, you want to watch something that you don't have to watch and all you're doing is what? You're zoning out. You're not paying attention to the words. You're not paying attention to what's happening. You are now putting yourself into that place of being present in the now and allowing your body to mend itself while you're there. I just want to veg out. I don't want to think. I don't want to do anything. You know that you are capable of doing it because you do it all the time. What I want you to get used to doing is purposely putting yourself there and being aware that that's what I'm about to do. Not by accident. I just need to turn on this old movie that I've seen a thousand times. I don't care. Reruns of whatever on television. I've seen it a million times. And I'm going to sit here and go, that is you achieving that place. Do you understand? I'm going to look at my phone at those pictures that I took of the Grand Canyon or Niagara Falls or that sunset that I loved so much. And I'm just going to, oh, I love that. 
That is you because why is it? It is restful for you when you are not being bogged down by this reality, this mind, this ego, and this pain body. Do you understand? It is when you are relaxing in your self space as a immortal entity, a mortal light being, an immortal soul, whatever you want to call it. Tony said, ha ha, I thought that was going longer than 30 seconds. My phone switched on. I, I do not do not disturb. And it's, it's early morning here. So, it, it, but it wasn't going on. I counted. I went 1,001, 1,002, 1,003, 1,004, 1,005, 1,006. I counted to 30 and then I started talking. But it seems a lot longer, doesn't it? When you don't, when you're outside of time, time doesn't exist, only the now. So you have no perception of time because you're no longer in time space. You're in space time. There is no time there. Time is the distance it takes to go from one place to another. That's it. So when you're in that place, there is no time. So at first it seems odd and it seems like now is for a long time because now is eternity. Do you understand that? So you're sensing how big now is compared to time. Do you understand? Oh, we're late. We're late for a very important date. Quick, quick, quick. Run, run, run. Go, go, go. Got to be there. We're late. We're late. You got to follow the white rabbit. Follow the white rabbit. Think about that. Okay. So that is the place that you're trying to achieve in, in like, like uh, Peter said, closing your, closing your mind for 30 or 15 seconds. Right. And you're on the bus. Right. You can do it then, too. You're on the bus. And when you get to your destination, right, your mind will wake you up and, and say it's time to be used again. It's time to go. Now we're back into the matrix and, and we need to go. Right. And to answer your question from earlier, Tony. Uh, yes. He asked the question, uh, you know, is your body in a place to where with all the attack that you've been under? I've been under attack my entire life. For me, literally, the difference between being under attack and it being over is an eternity, even though it was one second ago. Do you understand that? Once it's over, once I cleanse, I don't cling to anything. I don't cling to the, oh, no, that's a residual that's going to hurt me forever. That's gone now. It's done. It's over. It's done. It's over. It tried to do what it tried to do, and it could not do what it was attempting. Therefore, it is nothing to me. And that's part of what was said in the Tao Te Ching. All that is real cannot be threatened. All that is not real does not exist. Do you understand that? So anything that is this matrix that is fake does not exist. So when it presents itself to me, I have to believe it's going to harm me. Once I no longer believe that it's going to harm me, I take its power away because it does not have the power to harm me unless I give it to it. It is so with everything in this matrix. But I wouldn't step out in front of a car just yet because until you unplug like Neo did, the car's still going to hurt because everything that happens to you in the matrix happens to you outside the matrix because you're so tuned into the matrix right now that you believe it. So if you believe it, it's going to happen to you. Eventually, when you really get to the point where the matrix cannot affect you anymore, then it doesn't affect you. But I'm telling you, it's not as simple as just saying to yourself, I don't believe there's a car there, so it can't hurt me. Because right now you're plugged so hard into the matrix that you don't know you're plugged into the matrix. So you have to acknowledge the first step in avoiding a trap is acknowledging its existence. You have to acknowledge that there is a trap here, and it's a trap of our own minds. Okay, like Corey Good just said the other day, yesterday or the day before, 
when AI got here, they introduced religion to us. And in that religion, they introduced hell. And then because of that, we're putting information and we're putting our thoughts into, I don't want to go to hell and our fear. And that's manifesting that place into reality. Do you understand that? Our fear of going to hell that we're being told by all of our peers in a religion is having us manifest hell. Wasn't there. Didn't exist. I've said that in my entire life. There was no hell and there was no devil until it was introduced. I said that back when I didn't know what the what the Tao Te Chi was. I called it the way, even though I didn't know there was a book that was called the way. The book of the way. That's what the Tao Te Chi means. The book of the way. That was written in 604 BCE. Didn't know it. Hadn't read it until last year. Read it. Just the same thing as the law of one. Didn't know it until three years ago, four years ago, whenever that was. When, when uh, Josie, who was here earlier and made a comment, was the one who said, Leo, that's the law of one. I read it and did two, you know, two years, 10 months every Friday uh, on the law of one explaining it. And I could go back now and start over and come up with a completely different explanation because I am in a higher vibratory rate, vibratory pattern now than I was when I read it then. So I would get a higher form of information from that now than I did then when I read it the first time. So there is no right and wrong. It's interpretive. Everything is esoteric, and it has to do esoteric, meaning if you have the knowledge and the will to see or the eyes to see, you will be able to understand and figure these things out. That was designed into the Da Vinci's paintings, everyone's paintings, Monet, everybody's paintings that you can imagine, Rembrandt, all those people. It's all esoteric. They're telling you stories in there. Those were the movies and the books of the time. So the imagery that was in those are there for you to interpret. And if you have the right knowledge and the right vibratory pattern at the right height or level, you will actually get what the artist is trying to tell you. And you'll get it on many different levels. So somebody might look at at the Mona Lisa on a lower level and, and, and understand one message. And then somebody else whose spiritual level is much higher will understand a completely different message from that. That is done on purpose to be broad and broad stroked across all levels of understanding to help us to grow and understand. Do you understand? When I speak and when most people speak, if they know what they're doing, they speak in parables and metaphors. The reason we do that is we understand that you guys learn different ways, right? So I understand that Jesus understood that. If you listen to Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, he told eight different stories. All of those stories were the exact same story. But they were told it was told eight different ways because there are eight different ways people understand the same story. And he understood that. So he spoke in parables. I do the same thing when I'm speaking. Sometimes people say, you know, well, that was pretty basic. But yet then an hour later, I say something and they're like, I have no idea what you just said. That's because that's above your vibration. But the one earlier was below your vibration and somewhere right in between you were getting it. I understood that. When I started reading the Dead Sea Scrolls, at first I wasn't understanding because I didn't understand the names of the characters. And then I noticed that that as time went on in some of the scrolls, they started inserting words that I understood. And, and then I started breaking down those words. And there was one, one passage that I understood better than the rest of them. And then it would start to go away from me, the progression. And I realized then that's what was happening that it took me to a certain level to where I understood the words. And then it took me away from that level to where it was higher than my vibration. And I was able to discern from that, that they were speaking that the entire scroll was just the same message being taught from different, uh, uh, not only different levels of understanding, but different ways of people communicating in the same language throughout time and history. Do you understand? 
So it was being it was being broadcast throughout time and history on first a, a level of verbiage that you would read and understand, a vibrational level, and then a level of language barrier because of it was more than 3,000 years old and it was trying to be translated into a modern tongue that somebody could understand, but also being broadcast in many other tongues. I was able to figure that out and start realizing the correlation, even though that vibration was higher than my vibration, I was able to understand the correlation between that and realize that was the same story that was being told that I understood, even though I didn't understand that vibration, I recognized the pattern of speech and the names that were there, they were still the same. So I was able to then look at all the different scrolls. And that's when I realized that all the scrolls were selling the same exact message. They were just from a different standpoint because they were told to a different people with a different religious ideology and text that had a different dynamic between male, female, who was the God, who was the goddess. But the hero character, the savior character, even though they had different names, still did the same thing. Okay. And so all the stories are telling the same exact thing. So you need to understand that. So I, I decided to use the vernacular, the Kali Yuga. That's the, you know, that's the the yogi, the yoga version of the times of trouble, the tribulation, the end times, revelation. Depends on what what religion that you happen to have under you. That would be Ragnarok, according to the Bohemians. Do you understand? Though they all had their end time scenario and they all called it something different, but it means the exact same thing. It just depends on the the which, which uh, um, ideology that you follow. You'll understand a little bit more uh, if you're a Christian, Judeo-Western, Judeo-Christian. Uh, Christianity, you'll understand that vernacular better than you would, uh, say, Mesopotamian vernacular. Uh, if you're more Bohemian, you'll understand the, the Viking vernacular more than you would the Christian. Do you understand? I try to talk across all of the different religions and uh, religious aspects so that people then understand in many different, because I'm non-denominational, I don't want people thinking just because I was knighted by, a, by the Roman Catholic Church or, or that I'm a Christian minister, that I'm not also a Druid of Merlin, that I'm not also, you know, uh, you know, well, for, you know, a Jedi Knight for crying out loud from the Jedi Order. So, they're but they're all the same. Do you understand? They're all the same. The difference is the semantics of whether or not um, you can have a wife, uh, whether or not men and women could be deities or or the priestly caste. Um, but all of that was corrupted anyway. So, the truth is, you can still ascend by, and that's what pisses them off. They can't stop you from becoming and attaining the gold of ascension, even though they've tried to corrupt all of the religions and turn them into uh, the another ego that's supposed to keep you down. <clears throat> so I'm reading what, what Peter was saying here. Yeah, the right tooth. Yeah, he's saying the only way to stop pain in your uh, gums, I think is what he's saying there, with uh, when you have pain in your tooth or ulcers in your mouth is uh, apple cider vinegar. Yeah, that actually, because uh, the vinegar, the acidic uh, quality of that gets in and it becomes an antiseptic quality. That's one of the reasons why I take apple cider vinegar every day. Uh, plus I take uh, uh, turmeric every day and a few other things uh, every day, ginseng and a few things that turn into an, anti, uh, an antibacterial, uh, it turns into an antibiotic. And because when my skin was open, my body was open for them conducting surgery on my foot, I ended up with C. diff because of it. So be careful if you're going to go and have uh, any kind of surgery, stop all of your vitamins for like a week prior to going in to have surgery or you too could uh, suffer the fate of having C. diff and you don't want it.
Trust me, it is it is the worst case of diarrhea you'll ever get. Water comes out. It's almost like projectile vomiting out of your butt. I'm not even kidding <laughs> at all. Um, so, so we have to prepare ourselves. But the truth is we really only need to go to that place to be able to, to jettison, to make the decision of where we want to go is just get above the ego's uh, uh, reach, get above your mind's reach, get above the pain body's reach into that clarity of the now of your immortal soul. And that right there, when you achieve that higher place, everything becomes clear to you and they, they can't, they can't keep you into the matrix. They can't push you back down. So when that choice needs to be made, the more you get yourself into that place, the more often you're going to be in that place and, and sustain yourself there. So if it sneaks up on you, like it says in the Christian Bible, I will come as a thief in the night. When that happens, you'll automatically pop yourself up above that and go, yes, I see. I'm with you. I'm ready to come home. And you will move with the rest of us up away from this matrix and everything will change. And uh, this entire place will change, but yet be the same. They'll still be called Earth. We'll still be here. But all of this craziness that's going on in Ukraine and these evil people will no longer have control. You just have to put to get yourself prepared and find yourself as often as you can in the now. Okay. That's what you're trying to achieve at all times is to put yourself into that place. The more often that you, everything gets easier through time. So at first it's going to be difficult, but that, that particular uh, process I just taught you is the quickest and easiest way of doing that. And there's other ways, like I said, <clears throat> looking at the stars, go out into nature. They can't touch you in nature. That's why everything has to be in the cities and in these square boxes in the, in the cities. Go outside into nature. Nature is the real part of reality, okay? They haven't, had a, they haven't figured out a way of faking that yet. But with the, that, the other stuff is they can distract you with. That way they never distract you with nature. You ever notice that? They never distract you with nature. They only distract you with this concrete jungle. They only distract you with blood, death, tears, fear, hatred, of the violence, all the things that they control. They have no creation, so they're not going to send you into God's country. They're not going to send you to the creation because then you're going to witness to the creation and the love that is in that peace and in that silence that is the creation, that is nature, right? That's the charm of making, right? It has to do with calling up nature. It has to do with the three, six, and nine, right? The three plus three equals six. Six plus three equals nine. What does that mean? The three energy is the human energy. It is our energy. It is our creation. Why? Because we can create. Because we have love. We create through our heart chakra. Okay? So when you have your heart chakra vibrating at the right and you tune up the rest of your body as well by eating the right foods and getting the right rest and getting the right exercise and, and tuning up your chakras, that kundalini energy flows better when that happens. That's really the only time that the kundalini and that energy has to do with the Jedi. It has to do with the Jedi is only a Jedi when he faces the evil, meaning you're only the hero or the savior character when you face Tiamat the dragon or the dragon of the North Sea or the devil in the garden or the, or the you know, whatever that it is. It's the hero of the thousand faces. So when, when the Jedi becomes the Jedi, it is in that time when they're facing the great evil that they become that. That is when the Kundalini becomes, the Kundalini only comes when you can achieve that enlightenment. 
So anybody who's trying to do that, trying to work with that Kundalini energy, even with Reiki, it, it doesn't matter. All of the energy that you that you transmute can only come through your chakras if they're right, properly attuned. So you have to tune your from the root chakra to the crown chakra for all in between for the Kundalini to then be able to make that journey. And in doing so, it takes a pause at the heart chakra where the creation and love is. And it solidifies that chakra into crystalline. And then it moves from there up into, you know, up until the to the third eye chakra and does the same and eventually to the crown chakra and then disperses out into the rest of the universe. That is you and your spirit. You can't see my hands, but exploding consciousness into who you are when you are becoming, when you are being. Do you understand? When you are being, that is the time when you are the creator. You are the witnesser, the experiencer. You are not the experience. It is in this avatar that you think you're the experience. And that is how you got stuck here. And that happens normally. So what happened was the, the evil people took control because it was in our most vulnerable state when we are, in fact, in this little matrix that we're supposed to be in to become. Pardon me while I move my foot again from the chair. The purpose of you coming here, the exercise of you being here is to experience the birth of the soul the birth of the kundalini energy and its rise through the chakra points to your crown chakra. You become the kundalini. You become this energy. And it's the only way you can transmute that energy. It is not separate from you. It is you. You have to summon it. And the only way you can summon it is to prepare for it. That is taking your temple and your house and making it a home. Do you understand? That is what we're doing with not only our personal self, but with this reality. We are making this place a home for the creator to then occupy this place on a conscious level. But we are stuck in a subconscious place in this conscious level. So we have to then rise our, raise our vibration to the conscious place. And in doing so, we have to fix all of our chakra points to do so. And once that is done, we become. Then we become the kundalini, and the kundalini then becomes us, and we become one. We become. We are human being. We then are being. We're only being when we are not seeing and thinking and hearing and stuck here. You become. That is the, the pneuma, the spark of life. You become what it is that you're supposed to be, and that is an immortal, creative, loving internal, eternal entity that is no different than you, me, the universe itself, this microphone, the one true creator. But in this place where the holograms are, they're in front of the windows, the holograms in front of the door, the holograms in front of the key, the hologram is in front of everything so that we don't see it, so we don't find our way. It keeps us in this dark place, diminished in our capacity. We have to do the work no matter what. If there was no hologram here, we're still stuck because it's designed that way for us to come into our own right. It is our ascension. It is our rite of passage from nothingness into becoming a spirit, becoming a soul, becoming a witness. 
Do you understand? It is the baby soul before you are nothing. You are a fetus and you are being incubated and then you are born and you have no consciousness yet, but there's consciousness in there, but you're not thinking. You haven't entered into the thinking mind, nor have you entered into the ego. When a baby is born, they're still just witnessing. They're looking at everything. They're just taking it in. They're in the now. It's not until people start pointing out conceptual reality and go, cup, coffee, me, daddy, mama, hat, nose. Once you start applying words to what things are, then it becomes conceptualized. And when it becomes conceptualized, you're now solidifying the child in the matrix. That child's job is to grow past the matrix. Do you understand? All of us, all of our job is to ascend to adulthood past the matrix. But what has happened is another matrix is put in place over the matrix that is keeping our attention away from focusing on ourselves to become and only focused on ourselves to be mundane here in the pain body and to think and what's thinking must be me. That's my personality. And what I'm seeing is my reality. So you become the matrix instead of become the individual. Do you understand? And that is where we are. We are in the end times now. We are in the place a long time ago. You need to understand that this isn't new. It's not like we're just now in the end times. Okay, the people of this particular planet were supposed to graduate tens of thousands and possibly hundreds of thousands of years ago, and it hasn't happened. So all so the end times were supposed to have happened a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. But the matrix that was put into place by the AI when they got here when we were in our infancy is the reality that we're in just like Neo, no different than that, no different than any reality that you see in any movie when the movie first starts and then things get weird, no different than Alice when she was in the reality before she went down the rabbit hole, no different than than uh, the, you know, uh, Dorothy before the, the tornado uprooted her from her reality and took her to what she thought was the fantasy reality, which you know, which was the reality and which was not. Was she in the matrix when she was in back in Kansas or was she in the matrix when she was in, uh, you know, in uh, the, 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 the place of, of uh, uh, the Wizard of Oz, right? So, you know, either way, it's not that important. The fact is it was the journey where she was becoming. So the truth is she went from her reality to the matrix, the one that is distractive and seems to them to be weird and and totally different from reality. We don't see the difference that makes this place weird and totally different than our reality because when we woke up, this is where we were. She went from being in the actual matrix to being in the in the matrix by the AI and things seemed completely different to her. We didn't we don't have the memory of the matrix prior to if we did, it would look just like that. There would be this place that made complete sense to us, and this would not make any sense to us at all. But there's still memories of the matrix that's there. We still have the sky. We still have the trees. We still have all the background nature, but yet the characters in it just don't seem real anymore. It was just like that. that if you take that vernacular or that ideology and that parable and apply it to the matrix with, with Keanu Reeves, there's no difference between him and Alice. Do you understand? 
There is no difference between his character as Neo and Alice. That's why they had the white rabbit. That's why they had the rabbit for him to follow, follow the white rabbit. He went down the rabbit hole. Just like Alice in Wonderland followed the white rabbit down the rabbit hole. It's the exact same uh, thing. That, that was the parody of that story to get your attention because you watched Alice in Wonderland when you were a child. And then probably again as an adult. So you understood the white rabbit and for him to follow the white rabbit, you understood even on a subconscious level or a super conscious level that he was Alice. Do you see? Even if you don't know that for yourself. The labyrinth is another one, right? Yes, Tony. The labyrinth is a perfect example of the same thing. And think about it now. In the labyrinth, the same thing. She was there alone, but what happens? She collects slightly, she collects characters who follow her that have problems. Slightly uh, uh, not right characters that need her help to become. And in doing so, when she's reinforcing their characters and giving them the confidence, giving them the love, giving them the thinking, giving them all the abilities, she's also enhancing herself because they are a reflection of her. And in doing so, she empowers them, who in turn empower her, and is only by all of them becoming together and, and defending together, do, do they are they able to defeat the evil that is necessary to defeat for them to defeat the great evil and become the hero or the savior character and then wriggle their way free. They have to descend into hell and then ascend away from that because we've created hell. So because we've created hell, we have to then get rid of hell. The only way we can get rid of hell is to face that fear. Do you understand? We have to face hell and understand that it was fake and that it's not real. By going there, Jesus taught us this, by going there, you realize Alice went to hell. Dorothy went to hell. Jesus went to hell. Thor went to hell. They called it Hades, right? But think about all the characters. They go to that place that is the darkest place. They do the shadow work in the dark night of the soul. And that is the, the descent into that place that we call the proverbial hell that is within us. Our own construct of what we perceive as the most hideous hell there is. And when we get there, our job isn't to wallow in that and be afraid. Our job is to realize how silly that place really is and to ascend from that place because it has no control or bearing over our immortal soul. But we have to understand that. The first step in avoiding a trap is knowing of its existence. Once you know that a trap is there, it can no longer trap you. Do you see? Once you face that fear, it can no longer scare you. You're not afraid of it because you know it can't harm you. It's a distraction that only you choosing to fear it can then harm you. The second you realize that is the last time you're harmed by that fear. That's why we say we need to face our fears. Or, like Denise said, or how silly our fears actually are. Yes. Perfect. Thank you, Denise. Okay, so once you realize how trivial your fear is, you go, why was I afraid of that? Wow, that's crazy. That thing has no power over me. Why was I afraid of that? Because you were in the grip, the fear. You were in the throng of fear. Fear, there is nothing to fear but fear itself. Who said that, right? The, the fear itself is fed by your mind, by your ego, 
So if you listen to your ego and you listen to the mind, it will trap you in fear always and forever. Because that is the job of the ego to do. It is your job to overcome that. How do you overcome it? You have to become everything. So to overcome the ego, you have to acknowledge that the ego is a trap. Then you have to look at the ego and realize that's me. It's not a separate entity that's in control of me. It is me. It is my fear. It is me. That is driven by my thought process. I'm feeding it. Therefore, I'm giving that power to then make me afraid. You take that power away from the ego and say, I'm not listening to you. You're nothing to me. I don't care what you say to me. I don't care what hideous shit you show me. I know that it's a distraction and it cannot harm me. The second you realize that is the beginning of the end of the ego and it will fight back and try to make your life as miserable as possible. It will conjure up every possible way to scare you uh, in your entire life. Look, there's a black cat. Don't let it cross your path. Everything that you have been put in your, that's the secret. As I hit my microphone, that's the secret that they talked about in the secret series. The secret is to then what? First, first step in avoiding a trap is knowing of its existence. How? Knowing that the program that is in my mind that unfortunately my parents, my grandparents, society itself is teaching me is nothing but fear. It's destroying me by loading me with all of these triggers and all of these fears in life. And then there's some good things that are in there that are being loaded as well. But fear and, and all the negative energies, we tend to focus on more than we do good things because we are afraid of those bad things. So to, you have to learn to not be afraid. People say to me and have for, for a long time, with everything that you talk about, aren't you worried about the men in black coming to your house and threatening you? No. What are they going to do? What's the worst thing they can do to me? Hamlet taught you that. If you read Hamlet or any of the of the of the uh, you know stories by by uh, 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 I can't think of the name now. I'm drawing a blank. <laughs> right. Shakespeare. You read any of the stories of Shakespeare, but particularly Hamlet. Hamlet was about overcoming his fear and becoming the man and challenging his his uncle who murdered his father to steal the throne and his wife. But his fear led him to ruin because he was still afraid and eventually everyone dies. And that whole parable, that whole story was to show you that he was on the verge always of not being afraid. But ultimately he didn't act because of his fear and ultimately his mother died, he died, and so did the king and everybody died. And that was to show you that if you do not make that choice, you will be part of the problem, not the solution. He chose, he was afraid to stand up and outright accuse him. So he tried to do it with vernacular. He tried to do it with storyline and plays to show everybody. And it was working, but his problem was his own fear that he didn't give into because he was young and he was afraid, even though he did things like he thought the king was behind the curtain and he stabbed him and it turned out that it wasn't him. It was Ophelia's father. Now he's up for murder. Do you understand? Now he's afraid again. Then he has to run and hide. And then eventually he's, he comes out. But the, And then he's fighting to the death. But his uncle is cheating and puts, gives a poison sword that all he has to do is scratch him and he'll die. And eventually that is what happened and everybody died. And, and it was unfortunate. But it could have been avoided had he made the choice to call out the uncle 
in combat. Right? Do you understand? Had he had he hit his fear head on and said, this is what I believe, and maybe even not fought to the death, because that's what they did back then, but then outed his, his, his uncle in some way to where there could have been a tribunal. We don't know, because it was written on purpose to show what happens if you don't. He was right on the edge of becoming the hero, and he didn't rise to that occasion, and because of that, everyone died. It wasn't his fault. And that was the whole purpose to show you that your your uh, uh, inability to face your own fear can be your demise as quickly as a scratch of a sword. And that was what that storyline was about. Do you understand? So Julie said, be right back. <laughs> we'll wait. Let's wait for Julie. Do, 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 do. She'll come back. What did I miss? Nothing. We were just listening to the theme song from Jeopardy uh, while we were waiting for you. No, I won't do that. That's funny, though, right? There was a comedian that did that one time. I don't remember who it was. And somebody got up. He says, where are you going? He said, I got to go to the bathroom. He says, we'll wait. <laughs> Hurry. Go. We'll wait. We're waiting for you. Hurry up. Come on. We got a show to do. I was hilarious. I was dying laughing when I saw that. I laughed even harder. So we have to, you don't have to become a warrior. You don't have to be, that's what they want. They want you to fight them physically. They want you to engage them physically. Anything that you do that is engaging them in this matrix is a fail. Do you understand? Anything that you do that engages them in a, in a physical confrontation in this matrix is a fail. There is no need for that because they don't exist. They only think they do. They were invented by creation to do a job. Their job is now done. They no longer have a purpose. They're fighting because they realize their purpose is going away. And they're fighting because the only way that they can stay in existence is to keep us here. They have no purpose without us. Because we are their purpose for life. They don't have life. They are an illusion and they are a construct. And they are designed to serve a purpose for a, for, for a certain time. And then they are done and they know that. They don't have an immortal soul. So the only thing they can do is use what they have, which is fear, destruction, violence, anger, envy, all of those negative energies and negative emotions they need to have you feel them so you can feed them with the energy that they gain from your fear that keeps them alive and solidified in this matrix. Do you understand that? When you don't fear them in any way, they are diminished. Perfect example of that is the next time you see some serial murderer or rapist or killer and you see them uh, when they talk about them and how evil they are and the things that they do, they have this bravado and they are just full of energy and life and I am strong and I am evil and I will do whatever I will rape that person and murder that person. And when they're captured and they're put in a little teeny cell and they're put on trial, all of a sudden they show up in court and they're this meek, little teeny, mousy lamb with no energy whatsoever and sometimes they try to get angry at the judge and go f you man i'm still in charge man f you and you can't do anything to me because i am macula <laughs> that's the guy from the commercial with the with the glasses you know and he wears the big platform shoes even though he's already six foot five hilarious character 
His name was Mocula. But my point here is that when that happens, we had the we had what they called the uh, the California rapist. They, they called him the Bay Area rapist, and he was raping people and killing people from the 70s. And then he just quit at some point. Well, they they captured him less than two miles away from where I am now. Less than two miles away from my house, they caught they caught him. He was living here, an old man. Before they caught him, the neighbors said he was very he was virile, yelling, screaming, arguing, out doing hunting and or gardening and and doing yard work and and all this stuff and jumping up and down and full of energy. And they get him into the jail cell. And when they bring him out into meeting the court, he's in a wheelchair and he could barely move and he can't barely talk. Some of it was fake and he was trying to be feeble, but there was but he still was diminished. Even after that, when they when they got him back to his cell, he was still diminished. All of his power was gone. Why? Because he never had any. He needed people to fear him to give him the power. And when all of that fear was gone because he was locked up and no one was afraid of him anymore, he had nothing. He had nothing. And he diminished into the little teeny peepee boy that he was. He was nothing. He was nobody. He was a threat to no one. He was going to harm no one. And he knew that when he went to prison, he was going to be the bitch because he raped and killed people. And people even in prison don't like child molesters and rapists. So he was going to be the baby peepee pole. He was going to be the low man on the totem pole being raped by a bunch of big, thick neck guys named Gunther. And he knew it, and he was afraid and diminished, and he was nothing but a little teeny boy with a little teeny pee-pee, and all he could do was, was play with his winky, weak, 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 and hope that nobody harmed him. But prior to that, he was in charge, he was in control, he was a man, and he was in charge, and he could harm anyone he wanted. Look out, I have power. And then no one feared him, and he had none. Do you understand? Bullies only have power because you're afraid of them. Politicians only have power because you're afraid of them. Governments only have power because you're afraid of them. They're going to nuke you. They're going to come get you with a million guns, right? But if they try to get everybody with those million guns, what happens? People like here in America who didn't give away their guns will fight. And that's why people in America still have guns. Well, we're going to take them from you. No, you're not. Because if you could have, you would have. The fact that we still have guns says you can't get them from all of us, and you've already done the math. Okay? You need to understand that with everything. When someone says, I'm going to come over there and I'm going to, no, you're not, because you didn't have to tell me that. If you had the power and the ability to do that, you would be here doing it. The fact that you have to tell me that is that you need me to be afraid of you so that you can come do that. So I give you the ability to do that. I'm coming to your house, motherfucker, and I'm going to kill you. Well, I trump that with a nine, a one, and a one. Hi, your job is to stop people from harming me. There's a guy who just threatened me with a gun and said he's on his way to my house currently to kill me. Come here before he gets here, please, and kill him before he kills me. Yeah, no, I'm in danger. Yeah, he's he's coming here. He said it. He's on his way. I, you know what? Maybe you should go and look for him. Maybe you should go and look for him. Guess what? When the cops get there, I never said that. I never said that. Now he's afraid. Why? Because he knew he didn't have the fucking power to begin with. Do you understand? You only, If you fear them, they will come. If you don't fear them, you'll see how quickly that changes. I'm not afraid of you. I'm not afraid of you. I'm going to call the police on you. Let's see what happens when the police show up. See how much of how much you're tough then, tough guy. When the people with, with armor and guns bigger than yours show up in mass. 
What are you going to do then? Put a gun to my head and say, well, if you come after me, I'm going to have to shoot this person. That's all you got is destruction. That's all you got. Do you understand that? Right? Right? Yeah, Denise says, good luck, Jesse. Talking about Jesse Smollett as he left the court saying, I'm not suicidal. I'm not suicidal. You know why he said that? He was afraid that his own people were going to kill him because of what he knows. That would suggest that he's a pedophile like all the other ones. Otherwise, well, oh, no, it's the man now. The man's going to kill me because I'm black. That's the new cry. I'm not suicidal. They're going to kill me. I'm not suicidal. No, you're not suicidal, and no one's going to kill you. But guess where? Guess what kind of sausage you're going to have? Yeah, baby. Guess what, Mr. Smollett? You're going to be Smollett, all right. You're going to be a baguette for some big, thick-necked guy named Gunther. He's going to say, my name is Ben. Bend over. Okay? He's getting, he's going in jail for whatever it is, 150 days. I would like to think that for 149 of those days, they're passing him around to remind him, this is MAGA country. And I hope it's all of his own brothers that are doing it. Going, that's right, bitch, MAGA. MAGA had to have a MAGA hat. Now you're getting a MAGA hat. Tossing your salad, right? So good luck. I agree with you. Good luck, Jesse. Try that shit when you're in there. I am not suicidal. <laughs> <laughs> right? Idiot. I agree with you. So, yeah, all of a sudden, they become afraid. You notice how that happens? Before, he was like, I am innocent. They did this to me. I am not a murderer. I am not a suicidal. I am not suicidal. Now, he's scared to death because he thinks something's going to happen to him. But before, he was sure nothing was going to happen to him when he fabricated it. No one's going to believe me. No one's going to say I didn't fabricate it. I got the perfect alibi and the perfect story because I'm smarter than everybody else. How's that working out for you? Let me put on my Dr. Phil hat. Hey, Jesse, how's that working out for you? Cook behind bars now. Even if you only get a smack on the back, I bet you they don't put you in Club Med. I bet you, if anything, you might get lucky and they won't put you in Gen Pop. Because they put you in Gen Pop, you're going to be Gen Pop. Just saying. Right? Quickly, how quickly the tide turns when when all of a sudden they go from being self-entitled and self-empowered to, wait a minute, I'm going to jail with criminals? Wait, hold, hold, hold on a minute. That's not right. I was told that if anything, I'd go to Club Med. Well, who, who said I was going to go and be in, in, right? Think about that. They have to put Hollywood stars in a fake jail that is separate from the real jail because they know if they put them in the real jail, they're not coming out the same as they went in. Let's just be serious. They put them in the same jail you and I go to for the same offense. They're not coming out the same person, and they're going to have a permanent limp. And I don't mean because one of their legs ain't working right, neither. I mean, I mean, because they're going to have something up there, wazoo, and it's going to be there permanently, and they're going to walk like they got something up there. Oh, ah, man, that was uncool, man. Yeah. You don't have to worry about bending over to get the soap. The soap's going to find you. Just saying. Right? <laughs> yeah. Well, well. Yeah, I love that. Julie says, yeah, well, we'll know if he chokes on a ham sandwich. Wink, wink. <laughs> yeah, he's he's going to choke on a sausage, uh, I think is what he's going to choke on. Maybe not a ham sandwich. It's going to be a pork sandwich, though, served in a dirty ashtray. <laughs> I'm just saying. That's all I'm saying, right? So, right, how quickly they diminish when reality of their own matrix 
pushes them in the face. They think it's all fun and games until all of a sudden they're facing the same place we face. Then all of a sudden that shit gets real, doesn't it? I think that's hilarious. When they all of a sudden go, wait a minute, I can't buy my way out of this? Wait a minute, what's happening here? What is happening here? I'm being treated like a peasant? How, how did that happen? When did that happen? I'm not a peasant. I tell you, I have money. I'm an actress. I'm an actor. I have a lot of money. I'm entitled. I'm entitled. Why is this happening to me? Because you're just a person, jackass. You only thought you were something better than the rest of us. Because the Matrix made you believe you thought you were cool, Brewster. And now guess what? That lowly scumbag guy that you never met in your entire life, he's, he's going to be saying, Hi, my name's Nestor. And you're my friend. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So I think that every, I think all those people should have to spend time in the same place. We all have to spend time when we get in trouble and it, guess what? It's scared straight. There's a reason for that. When we take the kids in there and go, look, this is what you have in store for you. You think it's funny. You think it's funny games. You think it's a, a resume that you have. Okay. You get to go and sleep with that guy for just like four nights, four nights. Doesn't matter. And then when you come out walking like you got something stuck up your butt because you still feel like it's still up there, you'll understand the difference between freedom and Gunther in a second. Okay? People don't want to be in there anymore when they realize what happens in there. Right? So we'll see what happens to, to pee-pee boy Smollett. Baggett. Jesse Baggett. We'll see what happens to him after he uh, gets out of, uh, of prison, if he does. And we'll see what he does with his life after that. Want to bet he goes straight and becomes a priest or a pastor and starts teaching kids not to go to jail. And that'll be his claim to fame and he'll disappear into nothingness and obscurity. Bet he doesn't make any more movies. And I'll bet he leaves that whole, I must have to be the savior of the black man by showing how evil the white race is. Bet you that changes because he's going to be more abused by his own people in there than he's going to be abused by anyone else. Okay. You watch. He's going to realize that. He's going to be abused by his own people. They're going to say, you're so fucking stupid. You couldn't even plan that right. Really? Hire two black guys to say it's MAGA country and throw shit at you and put a noose over your head. What are you, a moron? Probably because he couldn't find two white guys that would be stupid enough to perpetrate that on him. That's kind of something to think about. I couldn't even find a couple of a couple of actual skinheads to hire because I was afraid they might actually beat me for real. So I hired a couple of stooges. I mean, a couple of, uh, uh, you know, those guys were actually smart. They made sure they were on camera and kept record of everything. We might need this later. <laughs> they were smart enough. He thought they were stupid stooges. He didn't realize they were like, yeah, let's make sure we're on camera, get a receipt, <laughs> look at the camera and wave, check the time. <laughs> With a sign held up, Jesse Smollett sent us here. This is his credit card. <laughs> Just saying. Just saying. Okay. So let's get back on point now that I've gone off topic laughing about that for a while, right? It's not funny, and I, and I hope that he doesn't get permanently damaged. I just hope that he cries just a little bit, gets scared and cries a little bit, and has a reality check to his bullshit. Thought he was going to get away with this fucking lie because he knows Barack Obama's wife. How'd that shit turn out, right? Everybody involved in that case is now being brought up on charges. 
along with a bunch of other people. Well, you know, when all of a sudden the Democratic Party turned and ran like Scooby-Doo and Shaggy back towards the center as fast as they could because the ghost of Christmas past was catching up with them, right? And they're running for their lives because defund police, defund, 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 deplane, defund the police, defund the police. All of a sudden, people started getting murdered and it started getting too close to home. And all of a sudden, they're going to lose their ass in the election and they're running as fast as they can. Wait, 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 wait. We've always been on the MAGA agenda. You know, when you guys watch the State of the Union, it sounded like a Trump's last speech. You know why? Because 98.99% 9, of it was plagiarized from Donald Trump's campaign. Everything he said was Donald Trump's campaign. And if you think that I'm not telling the truth because you didn't watch Donald Trump's campaign, go and find it not being televised by any other channel. Go to YouTube and find it televised that is not CNBC, MSNBC, CNN, where they chopped it up and only gave you the sound bites they wanted and watch his real speech. And you're going to say Joe Biden literally plagiarized Donald Trump's goddamn speech, everything Donald Trump ran on. And then explain to me the difference between make America great again and build back better. What's the difference between those except for words? that are saying this exact same thing. That'd be like saying <clears throat> it's daylight outside and it's daytime. Those are different. You say, let's bring back the light. And I say, let there be light. And there's a complete difference. That's like the difference between a janitor, right? We see this in the Twix, right? Between it, between an undertaker Right. You know how they did that. Right. A, a janitor. And, and what's the other thing? And a, and a maintenance worker. Right. Between a ghost and a spirit. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? But they, 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 the right Twix and the left Twix. There's a difference in those two. But what if I take the right Twix and left Twix and I turn them over this way? And now the right Twix is what the left Twix was a minute ago. And the left Twix is what the right Twix was. And then when I turn it back up, they become the opposite, but they're exactly the same. Oh, no, dude, I'm confused and I don't know which one is what. Do you understand that? Make America great. Build back better. What are you building back better? You're building America back to the way it was before. Let's make America great again. <laughs> Completely different slogans, Leo. What are you, stupid? One means to, you know, make things better. And the other one is that orange guy's idea. <laughs> right, Aaron? What's up, brother? He says, sorry I'm late. Ah, just two hours. You know, just an hour and 54 minutes. It's all good, brother. <clears throat> You're not required to tune in when I'm on the air. So it's okay. I'm glad that you did. <clears throat> no one is required to be here except me, because otherwise there wouldn't be my show on the air currently, right? So, so yeah, so I, I don't understand that, right? Build back better, make America strong again, and they're completely opposite. But yet he literally, State of the Union address was Donald Trump's every speech. And it was literally plagiarized everything he said. We need to hire more police departments and we need to get tough on crime. I'm sorry. We didn't have that issue until Joe Biden said defund the police, along with all the other uh, left wing crazies in the in the in the in the Democratic Party. And don't get me wrong. Those of you who are going to say I must be a Republican and you want to turn me off. I am not a Republican. Aaron can attest to that. We have a show called 
uh, called uh, Skull Island Pirate Cast for a reason. Non-denominational when it comes to religion. Non-denominational when it comes to race. Non-denominational when it comes to political affiliation. Non-denominational when it comes to country of origin. We are free-thinking world people. I am an immortal soul who is thinking for myself. I am not an American or an Irishman or a Chinese man or a Japanese man or a, or a, a, an Arab man or an Indian man or whatever, uh, you know, from I'm not from Angola. I'm not from South Africa. I am not from here. This is the place that I occupy, but this is the only an avatar that I am in. I am from the source. I am an immortal soul that does not associate itself with the uh, uh, past in this particular uh, uh, matrix. Do you understand that? That is who I am. Okay, so if you were to say, well, are you American? This body was born in the place that is called the United States of America, this avatar. Okay. The DNA in this avatar is not from the United States of America. The DNA in this avatar comes from a place called Europe. That is, in fact, across the water, across the Pacific Ocean. The DNA in here, in this body, comes from a place called Europe, Western and Northern Europe. Okay, but this body was born in a place called the United States of America, which is in the other a part of the other hemisphere of the world. Not being South and North, but being European as, as, as opposed to the United States uh, of the, you know, the Western, further Western to the United States of America. So... I, why would I associate, then someone says to me, well, you were ordained a Christian minister and baptized Catholic. How can you then, uh, you know, look at objectively other religions? Because I'm not from here, nor do I associate with those religions, except for when it comes to a piece of paper that makes you understand that what I say, I know, I know. Because some other cat, who's also not from here either, by the way, took a piece of paper and scribbled on it with his name and put a little stamp on it that says, I certify that he knows what he's talking about. I've never met that person in my life, right? Unless it's like my direct teacher, like, you know, when you you get the license from your direct teacher, then that teacher says, I have a license that someone else says that I know what I'm talking about. But, if, you know, when you go back far enough, someone got, someone didn't get a license and got the information from the universe and started authorizing licenses for everyone else. Because in this day and age, you need a piece of paper on your wall that says you know what you're talking about. Or people say, you don't know what you're talking about because I don't see a piece of paper that says you know what you're talking about. I can scribble, I know what I'm talking about on a fucking piece of paper and scribble a fucking name there. And you can't prove that that's not me scribbling it there. Do you understand? I can do that all I want and go here. Here's a piece of paper that says I know what I'm talking about. There's no difference between in that, in that movie, that comedy, when he has a matchbook and it says this matchbook says you're lying. And when he flips it over, it says, you're lying. Do you understand that? You either know what you know or you don't. If you're not wise, then you're not wise. Do you understand that? There are more people in this planet that are wise beyond a piece of paper, and they don't have one. But guess what? The people around them don't question that because they say wise things and they do what? Do you think the Dalai Lama... Has the old Dalai Lama has to give him a piece of paper that says, you're the new Dali? No, the new Dali is picked because the old Dali says, you're the new Dali. Or they have the same uh, thing that the, that the Catholic priests have, where they get together in, a, in some sort of conclave, and they all go, that one's the smartest one of the bunch of us, so that one becomes the new Dali. So they all acknowledge that that one is wise. 
So you're either wise or you're not. You either have knowledge or you don't. You're either enlightened or you're not. You're enlightened to some degree. You can still be called teacher or rabbi. It doesn't mean you have to be the most enlightened to teach. You also don't have to be enlightened at all to teach. People teach mundane things all day long and have pieces of paper that say they know what they're talking about when it really doesn't apply to a fuck all in the grand scheme of the universe. But they have a piece of paper that says, I know how to work on on a, on a diesel engine. Okay, so how's that diesel engine going to help you? Well, there is a possibility. I read a book once that was called Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance, which the person used motorcycle maintenance as his Zen to then be able to rise his vibration. He used that to be his place to rise. So you can use anything, an anthill, and you can understand that anthill and break that down and, and apply that to the microcosm or to the macrocosm as the microcosm in anything and become wise. Do you understand that? It's a matter of what you use as the tool to become that. Right. Listening to battery by Metallica right now, right? Birthday party jamming. Right. So, so that's, that's a good song too. And then think about the words in that song and what it's telling you in there. Right. So yeah, Aaron, by the way, happy birthday. Right. What did you turn to 21? <laughs> Happy birthday, brother! Right, and then we have, and then we have uh, 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 Mike. His birthday's coming up in a few days, right? Mike's going to turn fifty. I don't know how old you, you turn here, and how old are you? I know you're. I don't think you're fifty yet, are you? Or are you turning fifty as well, like Mike? Tell us in the in there. Did you tell us? And I missed it, right? So I don't know how old you're turning. Tell us in the in the chat, brother. How old you're turning? I should. I think I asked you that the other day, and I still forgot. It's been a long week. 23. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. I'm turning 24 next year. <laughs> I'm with you, brother. It's I just dye this this color gray to fool y'all into thinking that I'm older than I really am. Say 47. That's what I thought. So so like you're the youngest brother, right? I didn't realize that. See, you're you're so much wiser and and uh, you seem so much older, in, you know, in your soul that I assumed you were closer to. I knew you were younger than me. We've gone over this a long time ago. Years ago, we met. I know that I'm older than you. But I, I honestly thought that you were older than Mike. I didn't realize that you were actually younger uh, than Mike, right? You're born in 75, right? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so okay. Yeah, I was born in 67. So you're, you're right. You're almost, you're almost 20 years younger than me, right? I'm 54. I'm going to be 55. So, right? And Mike, just he's going to turn 50. Um, but you know what, though? I don't feel any older than I did when I was 12, bro. In in my soul, my soul it hasn't aged. So I, I see age as just, I don't, and, you know, when people say, well, how do you feel uh, at your age? I'm like, I, I feel fine. I, I don't, I have not aged. My body is, is what has. And even that, I'm aging backwards. So I'm okay with it. You know what I mean? So when people say, you know, oh, man, I'm too old for this shit. I'm, I, no, no. I don't, I don't have an issue with that. If someday my body breaks down, that that's just because it's getting closer for me to check out, man. And when I check out this next time, I don't think I'm coming back because uh, I believe that I'm going to be here for the, for the rapture, for the, for the graduation. That's what I signed on for. And I don't believe it's going to be in the next generation or two or three or four. I believe that, well, in the next generation or two or three or four, we might graduate from a, another plane to a different plane. But I believe, you know, that uh, this this is going to be a beautiful thing that's happening, and that's why it is this way. Yeah, he's catching up to us. I was born in the fourth 
November 1971, right? So Peter is even younger than I am. And he and with his beard, all except for when I had my beard. When Peter with his beard looks older than me, but now, but when I had my beard, I definitely looked older than Peter, right? <laughs> so Peter's saying he's 71. Right. Not, not not he was born in 71, not that he's 71 years old. Right? It, it, Aaron says it's always good to be the youngest at my age, laugh out loud. Right? Yeah, right. Uh, but Peter said I'm only 19. He says, if you think about it, uh, if you think about it within within age, well, the, the truth, right? He's saying 19 because, right? Yeah. So, I, you know, I look at it as if I don't, I really honestly inside myself when I, when I reflect uh, age, I, I don't feel age to my soul at all. I know that the soul doesn't age. So for me, I literally, the way I think uh, has changed because I've evolved, but the way I feel as a soul is exactly the same way the first time I realized that I was something more than this pain body or this thinking mind or the ego. The second I first realized that aspect of myself, that has been unchanging and unwavering my entire life. Every time you achieve that place of witnessing the experience err, uh, you realize that it's the same. It never changes. It's immortal. It doesn't change. Age is just a number. That's right, Denise. Age is just a number. It means nothing. We, we buy into age because in this matrix, we have to age. Otherwise, the matrix doesn't work for us right. Do you understand? So we have to we have to do that. So when they were talking about, uh, uh, when I think I told you that in the beginning, and if I didn't, I should have, uh, that they were digging out the wound and saying there was these fibrous things that were in there. The, 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 uh, uh, the uh, doctor, the podiatrist said, um, you either have really, really intense healing qualities, uh, you know, or you're a robot. You're either not from here and you're an alien or you're a robot. I said, pretty close. I said, both. I'm not from here and this body is a construct. Right? So, so they were like, I've never seen this before. And I'm like, you just never understood that before. Right? The doctors hadn't seen a second heart ventricle very often when they discovered that my father had one. It's like 1% of the population of the planet has a third heart ventricle. And I know two people for a fact. I don't know if there's anybody in my family because we refused to get tested, but I went to have it looked at because my brother had an enlarged heart and I wanted to have my heart looked into because we have heart problems, right, that are supposed to be in the family, which I have decided that I wasn't going to have my entire life and I don't have any heart problems. I went and had him look at everything there was to look at. And oh, by the way, kind of take a look and see if I have an extra heart ventricle. Well, well, what? You know, so I don't know if they really looked for it. If they said they looked for it, you're fine. Your heart's very strong and it's not enlarged and you have a very good heart and it's beating fine. Why were you concerned? Because my brother has an issue, right? Hold on a second. My mother's coming in here to look at me now. So let me find out what's going on with her. She's probably got something cr screwy on television that I need to fix for her. And I'm pretty sure that's what it is because I gave her a two-hour show. And so it's probably sitting on the screen waiting for me to push the button so that it's over. So it goes back to television. That's my cue to don't go over time. <laughs> right? So I think that's what's happening. That's what's happening, mom, is the television messed up and you, and you, don't, you have nothing to watch. Okay, guys, that's what's time. So I'm going to call it because my mother has nothing to watch on television and I would have to get up and spend three to five minutes to find her something to watch. So I did that. So she had 120 minutes. So that's two hours or two hours or over six minutes. It took her to go. This ain't changing. I'm going to tell my son he needs to fix the TV. So I love you guys. Have a great weekend. Uh, right. And um, know that practice those things. Uh, if you're interested and you guys happen to have tickets for Omar's show that he's doing that's uh, like 20 days long, I will be speaking tomorrow. 
I don't know if I have a 30 minutes or, or an hour, but I know that I will be speaking at, I think, 1030 or 1045 tomorrow morning on that show. Do not, again, I'll put this up for the second time, do not miss out on buying tickets for our show that we, Aaron, myself, his wife, Norma, and uh, Miguel are putting on called Sacred Awakenings on the 19th. That's literally only eight days from now, right? Today's the 11th. Uh, so on the 19th, we are, we're going to be at 10 a.m. West Coast America time. Uh, the tickets, I don't have that. Uh, if you could, Aaron, maybe grab that and throw it in the chat. Otherwise, go to Skull Island Podcast on on Facebook, and they have and we have a link up there for you to go and buy tickets. The tickets are going fast, so please, if you want to see it, it's coming down to it. You want to have your spot in the audience to be able to partake in all of this cool stuff that we're going to have uh, for this workshop for the day. It's not going to be a 12-hour gig. It's going to be eight, maybe nine or 10 hours if we have a panel uh, discussion, and we will have uh, breaks uh, for you guys to to stretch your feet and and stuff. We'll take a few minutes here and there uh, so that we so that you guys aren't having to sit in front of the us for 12 hours at a time uh we're not planning this to be a, one of those big shows where if you miss something because you went pee you miss half of uh somebody's speech that's not going to happen uh and uh, you should take a look at that and buy your tickets and come and check us out because you're going to learn stuff that we don't talk about uh openly so much uh you know on the air uh and so you're going to learn a bunch of good content that is going to be some really uplifting by the end of the day. Your vibration is going to be like way higher than you, even that we do during the shows, because that is exactly what everybody is going to be focusing on individually. So it's not like me having to talk like I did here for two hours. I'm going to talk for an hour and, and do some stuff and, and you're going to feel it. And then hopefully, like I said, we'll do some meditations and get ourselves into that place. And I'll show you several different techniques to do that as well as reikiing you which is going to help you achieve that uh that space anyways so um we'll be going through that and there's going to be a bunch of speakers so you might want to check that out uh and have a great weekend and i will see you uh with aaron back on wednesday on skull island uh yeah in fact it's so dark here that i didn't turn on the lamp behind me i'm i didn't realize i was talking in darkness i usually turn the lamp on behind me uh it's getting dark out here, but that's okay. Don't forget this weekend. Uh, if you're in the United States and you happen to be in one of those states where you are going to spring forward, like we do here in California, that happens uh, Saturday night going into Sunday. Set your clocks forward one hour because we spring forward, uh, and then uh, for daylight savings time, so that it won't get dark uh, early. It starts getting darker later, and uh, the time becomes. Uh, earlier in the day so that it doesn't get dark at 11 o'clock at night. It gets dark at about 930 out here on the West Coast. And the further north you are, the longer that happens. If you're in New York upstate, it gets dark at like 11 p.m., even though they change the time. All right. Have a great weekend, everyone. Have a great night. I love you guys. Share this out, share this out, share this out. I am your host, Leonard O'Neill. Next week, I will have my uh, other channel link to StreamYard. So I'll be back on YouTube, but it won't be the Orion Rising place that it was before. It'll be my other channel. I have two other channels and I've linked it to one, but it takes 24 hours. I was unaware of that. I forgot. Otherwise, we'd be live there. So today I'm live on Facebook on my personal page and on Orion Rising. Next week, it'll be back to YouTube, but not the channel that you guys are used to. So if you have any friends that listen to me on YouTube, let me know that I'll be back on YouTube, but it will be a different channel on YouTube, but it'll be mine. It'll say Leonard O'Neill. It'll be my, my channel. All right, guys, I love you. And I'll see you guys on Wednesday. And if I don't see you on Wednesday, I'll see you on Friday. If I don't see you on Friday, I'll see you on the 19th. And if I don't see you on any of those days, have a great life. And I'll see you the next time I see you. Peace out.